0: Yeah, sports Radio,
1: 1019 FM. The fan. W-F-A-N. Well good morning everybody. Good new- morning, New York sports fans. I'm Danielle McCartin. Carton after midnight. No, don't adjust your dials. This is not the weekend. It is a Thursday morning here in New York City. We're we'll talking all things New York sports with you till 6 a.m., right up until the Boomer and Geo show on this early Christmas Eve. Let's get this right off the bat. I want to wish you guys a very Merry Christmas, and a happy, healthy, of course, and safe holiday season. I've got a manual behind the glass tonight taking your calls. You guys know that number 877 337 6666. Let's load them up with your best content only, please, everybody. I feel very honored to be smooshed between the Steve Summer Show and the Boomer and Geo Show. So we are going to make the best of it tonight. Get aboard, you guys, only with your best stuff, please. And I've got another very special guest for you guys tonight, Michael Grady. You know him as the courtside reporter during the Brooklyn Nets telecast it's on the Yes Network. He'll be joining us in the 4 a.m. hour. So if you're a huge Nets fan and you're excited about the direction in which your team is going, make sure that you stay locked in tonight. Also, I'm coming to you live from the Mike Francesa studio. Let's get it going. The other night, uh, the weekend show that I have, I opened my show And I serenaded the Jets with Frank Sinatra's Here's to the Losers after watching Trevor Lawrence in that bowl game. Last weekend, I was getting excited for the Jets to finally have it come together, for the Jets to finally be relevant again, and for a long-suffering fan base to potentially see its team win a Super Bowl. It has been an entire generation, hasn't it? And wait, Forget the Super Bowl. How about just make the playoffs for the first time in a decade? In Trevor Lawrence, Jets fans saw all of that. They embraced the future. They photoshopped and posted to their social media vision boards images of number 16 in his long, flowy locks in the Jets' Jets trademark color, Gotham Green. Isn't that what the book The Secret is about anyway? Vision boards as a manifestation of desires? Spoiler alert, I guess. I didn't read the book. I'm really just actually asking. But Jets fans patiently persisted through every blame game press conference by the head coach, Adam Guru. They patiently watched as talented player after talented player vacated their team's roster, Jamal Adams, uh, Le'Veon Bell. And remember that picture of Avery Williamson hailing a taxi with his Jets uniform still on? Those players couldn't wait to get out of here fast enough each time breaking Jets fans' heart from near to far. And still, Jets fans endured ultimately every loss that came along with all of that because there was a higher plan for this team, they believed. Just three more weeks of losing in order to get to the promised land, they assured themselves before last week's game. We said it here, tonight. While my message still could be here's to the losers, my message tonight is one that I think better encapsulates their emotions behind Sunday's miracle in Los Angeles. And it's the same message that Mr. Vince McMahon tells wrestling fans every time he appears. Just a of
2: time, got no chance, no chance
1: in hell. So, no while it might not be no chance in hell for the Jets to land Trevor Lawrence, the realistic chances of that are pretty slim. The 1-13 Jacksonville Jaguars would need to lose one of their final two games in order to restore the un- universe in Jets' nation. Maybe, just maybe, resurrected will be some Minshew mustache mania against the 7-7 and 7 Chicago Bears. But I've got news for you. Mitchell Trubisky, against the Blitz in Week 15 last week, he was 8-for-8, 8 8, one touchdown, and a 158.3 passer rating. First in the league. Yep. That Mitch Trubisky was the first in the entire NFL in the week 15 against the Blitz. Or maybe it's Minshew mania. Maybe it could possibly strike in week 17 against the Indianapolis Colts. After all, that team from Indianapolis is the only team that the Jaguars have beaten so far this season in week one. Maybe Jets fans, you could believe in and trust in the scripture of Doug Marone's Monday press conference at which he said, quote... We are going to do everything we can to win these games. The greatest gift we can give each other is to win. And the greatest gift they can give to the Jets is to win too. He made it clear that no one has advised him anything different but to try to win. You cannot tell me that there was one single person in this entire country who thought that the winless, hopeless, hapless New York Jets who just days ago flew a 4,804-mile round trip to and from Seattle after a beatdown, a game in which they didn't even score a touchdown. The New York Jets, who could not stay on the West Coast for coronavirus reasons, and the same New York Jets who flew 2,500 miles back to LAX one way less than a week later. You can't tell me that those you knew that those jets would shock the NFL world, destroy knockout pools across the country, leaving those fans devastated and defeat a team in the L.A. Rams, who was, still are, sitting atop the competitive NFC West. During my weekend show, one of the commercials, one of the, the spots that they play here with Geo, he actually asked if the mercy rule was going to be in place. I left because I thought it was going to be. Never in my wildest dreams would I believe that the Jets would have pulled out a win. Most likely squandering their chances at as close to a sure thing at quarterback than in any recent NFL draft. And in my wildest dreams, I still don't want to believe it. The Jets can't even lose correctly. Which then brings up the whole idea of tanking and how much that unbelievable win has, like the parting of the Red Sea, Further divided the fan base from his team and even further divided the Jets faithful from each other. The debate about losing out versus wanting to have a winless season is all the rage here in New York. Which side of the fence that you are on completely aligns with your perspective? First perspective is if you're for the Jets tanking, you see the big picture. It's not so much about going down as one of the worst teams ever in the history books and the annals of the NFL. The comeback is always greater than the setback, says Mike the Situation Sorrentino. Well, and whoever else that phrase originated from. But if you're for the Jets tanking, you see it has a slingshot motion, the setback being the winless season that catapults you to the highest level of Super Bowl victory with Trevor Lawrence. Remember, the Jets have a ton of draft capital over the next two drafts and will have the second highest cap space in the league at the same time. But if you're against the Jets tanking, you don't want them to go down in the history books as only the sixth team in NFL history to have a winless season. Okay, I get it. In the grand scheme of things, sure. Does it really matter, though? I'd like you to consider the 2017 winless Cleveland Browns and compare them to the 2020 10-4 Cleveland Browns, who, if the season ended today, they'd be the fifth seed in the AFC playoff bracket, still with a chance to win the AFC North. It can be done, and it can be done here in New York, as Wayne Corbett told you on my show just a few short weeks ago. That guy saw the worst team in Jets history up until this team, and an AFC championship game, all within what, two or three years? But that's the fan base perspective, both of them, actually. Before you pick up the phone and call me about this, no, I have never instructed any of my teams to tank. But we aren't playing for anything. It's high school sports. There's no salary cap. There's no multi-million dollar contracts. And there's certainly no draft picks involved. I'd have to tell you that even if I was a professional coach too, I still would not recommend tanking either. It's just a different perspective. And with that perspective, you have to understand that many of these players wearing Gotham green this season will not be wearing it again next season. Winkerbet told you that too based on his experience in his career. Conor McGovern, yeah, he, we talked about it last week. He had taken total offense to the losing. He called you guys out, the guys that sit on the couch, eating pizza and chips and dip to say they should keep losing, but he told you that you never strapped the pads on. That's an impossible thing for him to do, so he's going to do whatever he can to win. Conor McGovern, by the way, everybody, has a contract out after the 2021 season. Do you Jets fans have an out too? You don't. That's all, not to mention the fact that the head coach, one, should have never been hired, and since he was hired, two, should have been relieved of his duties midseason last season. I can't help but to think how happy he is knowing that with that meaningless win in L.A., he's most likely set this franchise back at least an entire decade. So, Jets fans, the best thing I can tell you is this, that it is almost not quite, but almost time to put away your rallying cry of Tank for Trevor and dust off, in a weird way, your Suck for Sam chance. Because to me, at this moment in time, at 2.13 in the morning on this Christmas Eve, Sam Darnold is the best course of action moving forward. Every
2: other time I tried so.
1: So for the Giants fans, that's Lincoln Park in the end. The Giants, they did try so hard, and they still are trying so hard. In the end, though, as they just said, it, it might not even matter in terms of making or missing the playoffs. But yet, that is still to be determined. While we're at it, there's been so much to do around here lately also about the term moral victories. I figured, like we're in my classroom, we're going to set a definition to it. Moral victory. I consulted Good old Merriam-Webster, in existence since the year 1828, who defines it as such, moral victory, noun, the achievement of something that is important and good. I think that implies without actually winning because the example sentence below it says exactly that. So my question to Giants fans is this. Have the Giants still actually with a path to the playoffs, although sitting right now at a 10% chance to get there, according to 538's calculator, have the Giants achieved something that is important and good? Your immediate answer might be no, because they did not make the playoffs in the entire worst division of football by a mile. But that's a fact. But I implore you to really critically think about this. and I think the answer is going to hinge off this essential question, just like my daily lessons do. Did you consider the New York football Giants to be a playoff team before this season started? I know that my answer was absolutely not for these main reasons, these three main reasons. One, the brand-new incoming coaching staff. Two, a quarterback still with a question mark surrounding him. Three, a newly put-together overhaul of most of the defense. Under normal circumstances, having a new head coach allows the team to get together in their, ma- in their major off-season programs earlier than the other teams. But I don't need to remind you that 2020 isn't a normal year. Combine a new coaching staff, a question mark quarterback, and a defensive overhaul with the fact that virtual meetings dominated preseason programs, that there was no preseason schedule at all, that there weren't any scrimmages against other teams. So all things considered, did the Giants achieve something that is important and good? That answer has to be yes, for the simple fact that they do still have a sliver of hope to make the playoffs, and we'll talk about this, but with two games remaining in the season, there is still hope. And they did it under extreme, extenuating circumstances during the preseason preparation and without their superstar running back, by the way. All things considered, because I didn't, I did not consider the Giants to be a playoff team from the outset, I think moral victories are welcomed.
3: That don't impress me
1: much. So I was having, you know, Shania Twain, you know this song. I was having this argument with my friend earlier today. Yes, the Brooklyn Nets absolutely demolished the Golden State Warriors 125 to 99 Tuesday night in the season opener. That's not debatable. That's an undeniable fact. That don't impress me much, though, to be honest with you. The Warriors shot less than 38% from the floor far worse than any of the four teams to play on NBA's opening night, which was them, the Nets, the Lakers, and the Clippers. So what? The Nets beat a Warriors team without Draymond Green. They were obviously without Klay Thompson, too, who tore his Achilles and is out for the entire season. So yeah, while it's exciting that basketball is back in a non-bubble atmosphere, here back in Brooklyn, and soon to be here in New York at Madison Square Garden, the Nets are playing... Also, too, with astronomically high expectations, it's exciting. I get it. A 125-99 win over the Golden State Warriors doesn't exactly do it for me. My true litmus test for that team in Brooklyn will be January 18th versus the Milwaukee Bucks, February 2nd versus the LA Clippers. And you know what? Throw in that Christmas Day game at the Boston Celtics if you really want something that's more, let's say, immediate or tangible. And how about those New York Knicks? The Knicks opened their season in Indianapolis tonight against the Pacers, as you know. They hung tough. They, they really did until the beginning, really, of the fourth quarter, if you really want to count halfway through the third. The beginning of the end was when Julius Randle picked up his fourth foul midway through the third quarter. The Pacers opened up the fourth quarter with a nine-point lead, and that was pretty much the end of it. The entire quarter saw the Knicks lose their focus, lose their ferocity, especially on defense, and lose their heads, too, in terms of, like, terrible shot selection. This game was really the story of two halves. The Knicks dominated, dominated the first half of that game, and then they got dominated in the second half. Mitchell Robinson went out with a facial nose injury after being elbowed by some friendly fire around the rim. On TV, I mean, on TV, it didn't look like there was any blood, so that's good news, and I turned off the game right at the last whistle to just try and close my eyes a little bit before the show tonight. Um, so I don't know the prognosis on him. I don't know if they said it in the post game, but it didn't. I mean, it looked bad initially, but I think it was okay. And then Emmanuel Quickly, who was the steadying force tonight, who I lobbied to be the starter, the starting point guard for the Knicks. After only 12 minutes of time, he exited the game with what we now know is a hip pointer injury. Now, before the show started, I quickly looked that up. It says, the internet says, it may take one to three weeks to heal. But it's basically pain tolerance, basically is what it is. And in other news, hockey's officially back, voted on and everything. So we've got lots to do tonight, lots to get to. Let's hit the calls. Everything, as you know, as always, is on the table. Can't wait to talk with you guys, 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartney. After midnight on the fan in New York City.
4: We've got you covered tomorrow Christmas Day on Sports Radio 66 WFAN with NFL football at 4 p.m. as the New Orleans Saints host the Minnesota Vikings and at 4.50 on Sports Radio 1019 WFAN-FM with Brooklyn Nets basketball as they face the Boston Celtics with the Nets game also streaming on your smart speaker, mobile device, laptop, and tablet at WFAN.com.
1: get it going here. It's Mariah Carey. It's a classic Christmas song here, everybody. We're building it up to the moment here. <laughs> I'm Danielle McCartney with you, by the way. on the fan. Well, there we go. <laughs> Merry Christmas Eve here, everybody. A lot Christ- Am I going to have to sing this? There is just one thing I need. what? Want- i'm I'm not my vocal range is not Mariah Carey level. So if we wanted to go maybe like Miley Cyrus level, I could do that. I could also do Brett Eldridge. I could do uh, you know, Justin Bieber, but Mariah Carey is um <laughs> a generational talent. <laughs> Speaking of generational talents, Trevor Lawrence doesn't look like he's gonna be landing in New York anymore. And do the Knicks have any generational talents on their roster? Well, like I just said, the the game tonight was their, their, their opener, by the way. It was a—how uh, do I say? It was a game of two halves, right, at halftime. I mean, the Knicks looked just as good as anybody in the league at halftime, right? R.J. Barrett, he didn't miss a shot in the entire first half. He was 8-for-8 eight eight from the floor and 3-for-3 three three from behind the arc, 20 points at the half. Then he got Alec Burks, who we didn't really get a great look at him during the preseason. So this was surprising, at least to me six of eight from the field, or from the floor, I should say, and two of two from three. He had 19 points at the half. So you got R.J. Barrett with 20, Alec Burks with 19, and at the half, the New York Knicks were shooting 53.3% from three, 91% from the foul line, and 56% from the floor. So my little note to myself was they need to fix the turnovers. They had 10 turnovers at the half. They brought the defensive intensity. Julius Randle had eight assists. The Knicks were looking good. And then all of a sudden their bigs got into some foul trouble. And Sabonis went off. Finished with 32 points and 13 rebounds. And I blame that on New York Knicks foul trouble. Also to the turnovers and the points off turnovers. I should have been keeping track of that. Points off turnovers. I saw it probably at least... I would say, 8 to 10 points off turnovers that I just saw. I should count them next time. But Let's go to the calls, 877-337-6666. We are going in the order in that you guys called. Justin, you are leading us off this week. Justin, you're on the fan.
5: Hi there, So two weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago, I made a point about the Kyrie being uh, cancer in the locker room. Yes. So if his performance the other night, he, if he keeps it up, that team can be good, but the key is the health of Durant and Kyrie.
1: Yeah, and I think I think if you're a Nets fan, I think you're you know you're waiting for you don't want the other shoe to drop, right?
5: But yeah, I yep. I was a Knicks fan, but I went on the net bandwagon. I still watch Knicks. This is my series. Knicks have a better coaching staff: Thibodeau, Mike Woodson. I don't know if you know this. Mike Woodson was coached under, played for under Bobby Knight, so mm-hmm. he has a good history of coaching. experience.
1: So, Justin, who are you rooting for? Is it the Knicks or is it the Nets this year?
5: Nets, but I'm still watching Knicks just just so I want to see it under the new regime under Leon Rose and and Tibbs. But right. my Nick concern point, point, like you said, points over the turnovers. Mm-hmm. Um, ball security. They had yes. issues tonight. Yes. I saw that too. You're right. And and of course foul trouble. They otherwise they look good.
1: Yeah, you know, and and, and Justin, I I wish that Emmanuel quickly was given the start. Had to have given the start tonight. And, and thanks for the call there, Justin. Why on earth was Alfred Payton in there handling the ball to start the game? I don't understand. Emmanuel Quickly the offense I mean the offense runs through Emmanuel Quickly you saw it in that last preseason game I mean it opens up the entire floor Kevin Knox was was fire from 3 in that last preseason game and I know we're talking about a preseason game but when when he was on the floor tonight Emmanuel Quickly you saw what happened you saw what happened they 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 took charge he took charge settled them down and then at that point they were only down by like 3 I think when he entered the game kept him in the game, and then all of a sudden, (laughs) the wheels came off after pretty much the second half. So, um, and if you're a Nets fan, I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, you're looking at Kyrie Irving, and I think we're going to field a lot of calls um, over the course of this Nets season, and we'll talk with Michael Grady in the 4 o'clock hour about this, but, like, you know, Kyrie Irving finished game one, 26 points. I mean, bunch of assists. As long as... He's happy, and as long as the Nets are winning, it's not going to be a problem. However, I've seen it with my own teams. I've seen it. When there's losing on my own teams, people start to get at each other's throats. People start to question each other's roles. You know, it's the whole thing. So right now, one game into the season, if you're a Nets fan, you're allowed to be happy. (laughs) But— it's just in the back of your mind, if you're a Nets fan, it's like, okay, yeah, Kyrie Irving, but, or Kyrie Irving, if, but right now, it's good. Kevin in Camden, you're in the two-hole tonight, Kevin. What's up?
6: Yeah, what's up, Coach? How I are talk you? About the, uh, I'm good. How are you? Good. Uh, I want to talk about the Brooklyn Nets and the Knicks. I'm going to start with the Nets first. Uh they played well. Um like you said, it was against Golden State, so I didn't take too much into it. Mm-hmm. But the the whole squad they looked like they were pretty much in sync. Um Kyrie and K D had good games. I was I was impressed with that. The one and Kyrie talked to the media after the game. I know. And, and, Imagine and
2: that. somebody
6: and somebody messaged me, Oh, Kyrie's talking to the media. I said, That doesn't mean nothing. Because it's because they won. Of course you can talk to the media when they win. Yeah. But I wanna see yeah. now now after after they play Boston and if they win against Boston or if they lose against Boston, I should say Ben talk to me because if they lose, I want to hear him talk to me just like he did. That doesn't mean
1: nothing to me. But I'm, I'm with you, Kevin. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. So, oh yeah, we'll, oh, I, yeah. I'm, yeah. Interested to see what happens, especially oh, yeah. Boston,
6: especially that game. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and the Knicks. Oh boy, All right. <laughs> oh, typical, <no. laughs> typical, same. I mean, I'm, I'm impressed with the young guys. Barrett, step up. Yeah, part of them. Major step up uh, for Barrett. I definitely think, and I, I agree with you. Uh, quickly should have started. I, I don't know. Peyton, I, he doesn't do nothing for me. No, I'm, me neither. I'm, I'm, he can't shoot for nothing. He can't hit free. He, why? Is, I, was, I was so mad. And I got to tell you, honestly, I really believe that the Knicks, I just, I don't know. Because what, what is their future, coach? What is their future? Because now you know Giannis ain't coming.
1: Yeah.
6: All the guys, who? Kawhi, Kawhi's the only guy left. Kawhi's a good player now, Kevin. Come on. Yeah, but nobody—he's not going to go to the Knicks. Never know. I mean, uh, I don't. Know. I, mean, I, don't honestly, I don't. No one knows
1: really. But but I mean,
6: it's just—it's the same. I, and, the, and the next two games, Philly and Milwaukee. How do you think that's going to go?
1: Yeah, well, we'll find out, <laughs> won't we?
6: <laughs> well, Philly can be beat. I've seen them tonight. They—they they won, but they made a lot of mistakes. So they can be beat. You just got to be really good against them. Wow. But But uh, yeah, so we got a lot to talk about, and it was great. So got a little, all excited and. We'll see what happens.
1: Well, basketball is back, Kevin, and appreciate oh, it.
6: Oh, yeah. All.
1: Thanks, Coach. Uh you know what? And you see it, you will see it across probably most, if not all, of the major sports coming back from the pandemic, coming back from you know, all that. It's a little rusty, you know? Like there really was no preseason program. I'm talking specifically about basketball. I mean, the Nets had two preseason games. The Knicks had four preseason games. So yeah, it's going to look a little sloppy. I mean, did you see the first couple possessions in the Knicks game tonight? I mean, it was it – was, <laughs> it wasn't it was pretty. Let's just put it that way. Um, you know, but that's to be expected, you know. That, that's to be expected with any sport. So I'm talking even, you know, the pitchers in baseball. Like, do we even know when spring training is going to start? Like, these pitchers, you know, they have to ramp up or, you know, accordingly, you know, on, on, a, on a specific timeline. I mean, it's December 24th. If you're reporting, whatever, the first or second week in February, you're probably already throwing. But is spring training going to start on time? No one seems to have the answer to that question. So if you're a pitcher, are you throwing yet? Do you want to throw yet? Maybe it's spring training's pushed back. So there's a lot of questions, and my point being that yeah, it's going to look a little sloppy, but you know, these teams are professional teams. They'll get it right on track. So uh, I would still be afraid of the uh, 76ers, if I were the Knicks, but if yeah, it, I've seen crazier things. I've seen the Jets go to L.A. and beat the Rams um, in a game that they were 17-point underdogs, so there's that. Let's go to Justin in Dobbs Ferry. Justin, you're on the fan.
7: Merry Christmas, Danielle.
1: Merry Christmas.
7: Only the Jets <laughs> could have the worst record in the NFL and not get the number one pick. Yes. That, that's just so typical.
1: <laughs> I know now, it's I, just I, horrible.
7: It's scary. It's scarier. I think that Jacksonville conceivably could beat the Bears, and then the Jets could then again win against the Patriots <laughs> in the last week of the season. <laughs> what a I mean, roller that coaster! A,
1: right, buckle your seatbelt, Justin.
7: It would be, you know—that would be just so 2020 and roll right into 2021,
1: and the rest <laughs> of the next 20 years.
7: Yeah, think about yeah, what Tom it's, Brady it's,
1: did there for twenty years against the Jets. I mean, come on, it's torment.
7: It's yeah, and the Jets, the Jets are the ones that opened the door for him to do it, which I is just—I mean, it really is a tragedy. Um,
2: I know.
7: You know, I—I I think the NFL has to consider changing the draft mm. because there is just no—you know—Joe Beningo called the fan yesterday or the day before. Um you know, and he was going. Yeah, I heard They it. asked him, you know, what he thought, and Joe said, "I don't want to win that way. I don't. I don't want to lose I, at all. I, I want to win every game."
1: I, I totally disagree, though. I, you know, like this.
7: I I, I understand. I, yeah, <sighs> I understand that. I, but he, I think the point he's trying to make there is that you know, there's there's a level of pride for these guys. You know, they are a laughing stock. There's no doubt about it. But it's not necessarily their fault. If you look back at teams like. You know, like the 86 Colts, I think it was, right? They were 0-13. They fired Rod Dowhauer, They brought in Ron Meyer. And I think Ron Meyer was there for another six years. But he ended up coming in at 0-13, and and he he won three games for that. Well, that's
1: the reason why Adam Gay still has a job. He was supposed to insure the tank, Justin.
7: (laughs) Well, I think the only reason he still has a job is because he got the general manager, his job. And he's going to let him ride out the season because he should have been fired weeks ago.
1: Yes, you know, not to mention last year after they lost one to yeah. the winless Dolphins, two after they lost to the 0-11 Bengals, but that's besides the
7: point. Yeah, I mean, just horrendous. No excuse, no None. excuse. None, zero. But, you know, he gave him this season, I guess, to redeem himself, and it just, it, once they started tram- trading players, it was over. Yeah. But,
2: right.
7: you know, looking back, you know, the, the Colts that year, Missed out on Vinnie Testaverdi because they won, I think, one more game than the Bucks, mm-hmm. or maybe two. Um, I don't remember what the Bucks' record was, but you know, if you if you look back, even just to considering changing the draft, what if what if you gave the number one team the number one pick, especially today with the salary cap and and things of that nature? You know, the Patriots, for example they spend way less money in the draft than other teams do because they're picking, you know, in the thirties and a team like not, you know, a team like the Jets, even with the salary cap space, you know, they're going to have to pay top dollar for a number one pick. And there's both sides have to be right. They have to get that pick, right. They're going to have to pay them all this money. It's going to be, you know, against the cap, but if you look back to even two years ago when the Browns drafted Baker Mayfield, if, if if the draft order was reversed, most likely the first team to have picked a quarterback would have been the Ravens. They would have been about, I think, the eighth pick. Mm. So going down the list, you know, these teams are gonna save money if they don't have to take a quarterback number one. You know, the Jets are a perfect example. Even if they had the number one pick, yes, I'm not gonna dispute you gotta take Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. I'm not disputing that. But they're they're in such bad shape that that the number one pick is worth so much more. They need help everywhere. Well So the right. ability to trade that pick would yield, you know Right. It has the potential to potentially yield more talent on the field.
1: Well, yes. And and Justin, that is and thanks for the call there. And that, that is one school of thought. So Justin had two points there. One being his point being that maybe you should operate it like your fantasy football snake draft, right? So where the best team, I guess, would get the first overall pick. I, I disagree, and we were going a little bit back and forth on Twitter about this, but I disagree with that. I mean, the the based on the fact that the quarterback is so integral to the success of a team. You look around the league; the most successful teams have the franchise quarterback first coming to my mind, Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs. I mean who the Jets passed on by the way but you know i think in having it the way that it currently is you're getting those bottom of the barrel of the teams like the Jets like well let's just say the Browns like the Browns and Baker Mayfield i mean he was the highest rated passer last week Baker Mayfield so then it then now they're not at the bottom you know what i'm saying like you know there it's a cycle it's a cycle of the quarterbacks and that's what it is this game is so dependent upon the quarterback that that's what you need moving forward. And I hope that makes sense because I think that's why it's so important for the draft to kind of remain the way it is. I don't want to see a lottery because like, like the Knicks, if you're a Knicks fan, you know, the Knicks are always in the lottery always. And I feel like that would be the jets too. And I forgot the other point I was going to make there, but um, I'm not a huge proponent of that. I think, I think it's good the way it is. Oh, Oh, The players tanking. Of course the players don't want to tank. But the players aren't going to be here probably next year. There's a ton of turnover on a roster like this. Connor McGovern, he's got an out after 2021. I mean, really? So for the fan base, on behalf of the fan base, you had to lose out for Trevor Lawrence. And you know what? Jets fans maybe want to go into the NFL shop and buy some Jaguar stuff. Because they're still... Is a chance. And there's a chance for you to guys get aboard. 877-337-6666. I got one line open and it has your name on it. I'm Danielle McCartan with you on the fan.
8: Join us. I'm dreaming for a white What are you doing? Christmas. This is the promo time. This isn't singing time. Uh, what? We're supposed to do a promo. That's what I was doing. It's Christmas Eve, and we're gonna get the, the whole thing started off the right way.
3: When we're in Geo, working Christmas Eve. When you're not. 6 to 10
8: a.m. Right here on the fan. Nobody else is either.
1: Well, that isn't true, Boomer and Geo, because Emmanuel and I are here working on Christmas Eve, and you guys are there listening, tuning in, calling in. Merry Christmas, everybody. And maybe Santa, maybe if you're a Jet fan, I just loaded up the NFL shop for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they've got a Gardner Minshew jersey for ninety nine dollars. You can get in any color you want. Well, any you know, the black one. Or I like the teal one. It is free shipping if you use the code NFL ninety nine. So if you're a Jet fan, that would probably be a good investment because if you're rooting for Gardner Minshew and he does pull off a win against the Chicago Bears, or if he does pull off maybe, do I dare say, two wins? the next game would be against the Indianapolis Colts, who that's the only win that the Jaguars have this season is against the Colts. That'd be a good investment because Minshew will be the quarterback of the Jaguars moving forward. And then you can go ahead and buy yourself a 16 Jersey in the Gotham green color for the New York jets. So it would be a good investment. Maybe you want to buy that for yourself. That's my suggestion. Um, And maybe you'll find that under a tree. If you're a Jets fan, I don't know. Maybe you got some, my brother's a Packers fan and he loves uh, Aaron Rodgers. My brother loves, I mean, that's the reason why my brother is a Packers fan. Like, he loves Aaron Rodgers. And on draft night, my brother doesn't text me, like, you know, like, day-to-day things. But when the Packers picked Jordan Love on draft night, my brother was, like, texting me. What the heck was that? He texted me. And for his birthday, his friends bought him a Jordan Love t-shirt. He hasn't worn it yet. Let's go to calls. 877-337-6666. Hey, Bergen County, Zach in Fort Lee. Zach, you're on the fan.
0: Hey, how's it going? I'm so, good. I wanted to talk Jets fans off the ledge here. We're actually in a pretty good spot. It's not so bad. Just hear me out. I swear I'm not delusional. Okay. okay. So we're mathematically locked into the number two spot at work. Right. There's a, slim chance, there's a slim chance, but the Jags could still win and we could still get Trevor Lawrence at the number one. Right. But that's best case scenario, right? Right. If not... Zach Wilson from BYU looks great. And it's not just because we share the same first name. Um, he's very Patrick Mahomes-like. He has great pocket presence, accuracy, running ability, and he really just looks the part.
2: I
9: would draft
0: him and then trade Sam. Now, as an alternative, if for some reason we get a very generous trade offer for that number two pick, mm-hmm. like the RG3 trade in 2012, which had three first-rounders and number two, mm-hmm. I'd be okay with moving forward with Sam Darnold and using that trade to surround him with a bunch more pieces, because Sam actually hasn't looked that bad. If we're going to go face off of last week, yeah, so
1: Zach, why I why, why would it kill so you on that? That's that's a legit, that's a logical uh, thing there. Yeah, that's that's. I, I don't know too much about Zach Wilson. I'm going to be quite honest with you. I haven't really studied all of the quarterbacks just yet. But
0: check out some of his highlights. You won't be disappointed.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm interested, though, and and I talked last week about this, too. I mean, you could Google Justin Fields highlights, too. You know, I like to watch these guys in, like, pressure games, big spots, big situations, because Justin Fields did not look good in those situations last week. I mean, the, the one thing I pointed out was that uh, on the touch. It was a surefire touchdown. If he just led the receiver to, to the pylon, instead he threw it on his wrong shoulder. And I, I believe it was an interception in the red zone. You can't have that, you know? So that's, well, that's sure. yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I, I, I like to look more deeper than, you know, highlight reels and, and all that. Of I like course. to watch my own eyes. I don't like to trust what everybody else says, but uh, I like, I, I, I don't wouldn't mind that. I, I, if I'm a jet fan, I would not mind that, that, and that's probably what I'm proposing, too, actually, is, okay, or, and let me throw another wrench in this, too, because I put a poll up on Twitter uh, the other day, or, because the Jets have a lot of cap space, do you go after a free agent quarterback? Is no. that an option?
0: I, I want my own. I think Joe D wants his own, too. Mm-hmm. And going back to Zach Wilson real quick, yeah. not that it's a New Year's Bowl or anything like that, but he did do really well in the bowl game a uh, couple days ago. Again, I, you won't be disappointed. Check out his highlights. I'm a big fan. I'm all on the Zach Wilson train, assuming we can't still get Trevor Lawrence. It's really not the worst position in the world. I like where we can go. I have, um, I have optimism somehow. So <laughs> let's just, let's see.
1: Well, Zach, thanks for the call. That's a very logical take there. I like logical takes. I don't like crazy stuff. But um, I think if you're a Jet fan, and I think, I mean, I know if you're Joe Douglas, your question to yourself is this, is what's out there, greater than what I have talent wise at a talent level and by out there I mean in the draft in free agency via trade is what's out there greater than what you currently have in Sam Darnold that's a question that every Jet fan asks themselves and of course Joe Douglas I mean it's his job to do that so I don't I don't know And you also have to factor in the fact that Sam Darnold is going to be owed what looks to be about $25 million in that fifth-year option if if the Jets take the fifth-year option on him. Or, you know, I don't know. Because I I think Sam Darnold has shown flashes. I mean, I am a Sam Darnold fan. I think, you know, we could talk a little bit more after after the break uh, at the 3 o'clock hour about basically what has been put around him, which is a bunch of nothing. Really a bunch of nothing. I mean, the tight end for the Jets is basically non-existent. Um, running game is Frank Gore, who's going to be, what, gone out of the league possibly even next season. He's mentioned the R word, retirement. He's mentioned it. He's talked about it himself openly. Um, and you look at the, the Jets receivers. I mean, when you look, and I tried to look before about, like, um, the receivers and and how good—because I look at Josh Allen. I look at Josh Allen and I see Stefan Diggs, who's one of, if not the best, wide receiver in the league. I would say top three because I think um, Michael Thomas is best. But when you look at the Jets, I mean, their top receiver in terms of yardage, and I know they haven't played, right, but in terms of yardage, I think it's Jameson Crowder. I think he's like number 60, 6-0 on on the list of, of yards, and when you look at, okay, maybe, um, uh, what's it called? Um, catch rate. You look at catch rate, because I think that's real important. Catch rate. The highest jet is like, I don't even think the highest jet's in the in the top 100. So when you look at Sam Darnold and what they've given him, it's not a lot to work with. And I have no doubt that if Sam Darnold were to go somewhere else, he would be. Ryan Tannehill 2.0, because that's what we have seen from players that have left the grips of Adam Guru. That's what we've seen. And there's so much to unpack with the Sam Darnold thing, but I don't think that's an unreasonable take. I think that um, you just have to see what's out there. And one more little point here. I put a poll out the other day, and it was a pretty popular one, actually. So I said, okay, Jets fans, now that you've slept on it, now that you had time to mull it over, Who's your quarterback next year? And I I had four choices. Sam Darnold, draft, free agent, or trade. Sam Darnold won 81% of the vote. So I think that's pretty indicative of where Jets fans' heads are at right now. Let's go to John in Staten Island. John, you're on the fan.
10: Hey, good morning. Welcome to the big time. Ah, Thanks. (laughs) Thank you. I'm I'm loving it. I'm telling you, it took me like, 80 phone calls to finally get through. No so. way. <laughs> well, you made it, uh, and
1: I'm going to give you time. So, what do you got for me tonight? Oh,
10: my God. And,
1: and, and hold on, John. Who is you guys this on hold. Hold on. You guys on hold, too. I'm giving you time, too. But go ahead, John.
10: Who is this punter? The punter costs us the whole day. Too. <laughs> yeah. Out of nowhere. I'm uh, sitting there thinking, oh, here it is. Daylight. Daylight. Yeah. No way. And all of a sudden,
1: the guy out of nowhere. Boom. Comes out, like a shot, but, out of nowhere. Uh. Last line of defense. The punter makes a shoulder tackle. To, to put Uh-oh, the Jets fans that? into misery for the next decade. I got gotcha, you. I know.
10: Uh, uh, or, listen, John. How about I, I, this,
1: John? How about this? How about the eight on that Acres touchdown? The Acres touchdown run. Yeah. They offensive, it holding, like, offensive holding. Offensive oh, holding. Corbett number sixty three. I, I got. I got something out for you, Corbett. I, I'm telling you, man. and Corbett, you're on the. the you know oh, what list? I know.
10: I know. I hope the Rams lose out after that game. <laughs> I'm looking at this guy, he ain't no better than Sam Donaldson. I know, I know. Unbelievable. I know. It's just, as you sit there, it's like, how do you root against him? It's so it's so hard to root against him. But, you know, like, this goes back such a long way. I've been, I was a season ticket holder so many years ago. Mm-hmm. Young, energetic, and I used to sit next to this old man, and he would always talk me off the ledge. He always <laughs> gave me the same old chats, same old... And I'm becoming that old man. Like, oh no. Nothing good ever happens. You're just waiting for it. Waiting for it. You know, take spike game. I'm yapping and yapping. You know, they're up three scores uh, <laughs> and all of a sudden it just fell like, And it's been like that the whole life as a jet, and I, I just don't I, I just don't get it. I mean, unbelievable. It's like we really think the Jaguars are going to win a game. It, it don't happen to us. It
1: <laughs> no, and guess uh, what, John? Let me tell you something. Like the caller said before, if the Jaguars do win one, or let's say even two games, you know the Patriots
10: are going to lose that last game. You know it. I mean, come you on. Know what the tiebreaker is for the Colts because the Colts might have nothing to play for either. They're gonna, they're not going to play their starters if uh, you know the, the last game of the season because right now they're they're at ten wins. I know they're tied with the. Uh, the Titans, but, but do who gets the edge for uh, division? Because that that's what would be nice too. Because they're not going to start Philip Rivers. At least the second half they're going right. to. They're not going to play in the whole game. Right. Because that game might mean up to him. At least Queen Williams out now, so that will help. Us. I
1: know. Yeah, I thought about that too. I saw the notification come through, and I'm like, okay, oh,
10: that's going to help. Well, because I'm like, even when we got him, I'm like, we didn't get both the 49 Nineers shut us out that year and they got to the pick ahead of us i you know sometimes i don't understand how they come up with some of these tiebreakers yeah i know because they they shut us out yeah. and yet they they were the worst team so
4: how i know are they the
10: worst team is they beat us head to head i know john we're I we have know. one win one win and we're gonna get the second pick i know
1: i know i know and, and what what's what's the point i mean what was the point of that one win
10: john don't um, don't I know be- but it's hard for them to tell them to lose I know. All right. Well, I I, I'm sure you're busy, but I'm, I'm so glad you're around a big time. I hope you have a great holiday. You know, good. Thanks, Merry John. Christmas.
1: Appreciate the call. Thanks. All you right? too. Well, Merry Christmas.
10: Well, I'll talk to you soon, but keep it up.
1: All right. Thanks. I will. You know me. Uh, and, and there's just so much there to unpack. I know. I know. Man, you know, he ruined the Jets' chances at, well, not completely, but ruined the Jets' chances at probably getting uh, um, Trevor Lawrence that acres rushing touchdown. Nope, called back offensive holding on number 3 Corbett. You know, like come on, man. And then and then you see Quinn and Williams. I hope I listen. Quinn and Williams, I hope you're doing well. I hope you're, you know, you're resting, you know, I hope you're on the mend. But Quinn and Williams was the third ranked pro football focus interior defender in week 15. But that was prior to Monday Night Football. So, you got Aaron Donald at one. And then you run your finger not far down to number three, and it's Quinnen Williams. And my mentor, Laura Oakman, told you during that telecast, she said, Quinnen Williams came – this is a quote. Quinnen Williams came out of the tent into the locker room on his own. Looks like a head injury. And now it's official as of 12 noon Wednesday when you get the notification on your phone that Williams will miss the final two games of the 2020 season. It was a concussion, a neck issue is what they called it. Adam Gase says he's going to the IR. We all wish him a speedy recovery. And, you know, what was a real breakout season for him, which was a really good season for him. It's bad news for him, but it's good news for those Jets fans that are still clinging on hope for the number one overall pick. I'm, You know, I hate to be like that, but it is what it is. And I hate that saying too, but it is what it is. And I know the fans, I know, fans have a different perspective than the coach and then the players, and, and all that. I get it. I'm a coach. I was a player. I, I understand all three sides of this issue here. Connor McGovern, going back to him, he said, this team has worked extremely hard every day, fought through more adversity than anyone knows after the game this is. I couldn't be more proud of each and every person that, that grinds for everyone on this team. My quote tweet was, reminder, Connor McGovern contract potential out after the 2021 season. Jets fans contract for life just like that old guy you sit next to at the stadium. The Jets tweeted the word, the letter W, right, after that game with this little recap video, and I quote tweeted it, and I said, here for the comments. I should have put, like, eyes and like, a popcorn thing. Within one hour following that game, there were over 2,000 comments, and let me tell you something. Those comments did not disappoint. Jets fans are unhinged, and really, can you blame them? I, 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 don't, these, I don't know these people, but these were the good ones that I found, and I'm going to bring them to you guys. At J.V. Farrell said, I'm literally no longer a fan of this team anymore. I don't care who calls me a fake fan. This is literally the last straw. This is in replying to the Jets' official Twitter account. At Casey Ski5 said, This is the single lowest moment as a Jets fan. There was hope for the future. Oh, man. I feel like this is like a segment here. The, at The Only Shrek says, that's it. That does it. I'm trying not to laugh here. I'm trying to channel the anger here. He said, that it, that's it. That does it. I am no longer a New York Jets fan. I can't believe we fumbled away the number one pick and a generational talent in Trevor Lawrence just to win a meaningless game. Bonus points there for you, Shrek. You used the word fumble away. That's a, that's a good pun there. And at SJ Roetan, he said, at New York Jets, you remember this game when Trevor Lawrence wins a Super Bowl with the Jags in three years. (laughs) I mean, Jets fans are unhinged, and I get it. Because like we went back, going back to the other call before from Justin, the quarterback is the most important position on the field, no doubt. I mean, look at what's going on in Washington. You finally got a quarterback that can handle I mean Alex Smith comeback player of the year don't even at me at that I mean come on goes out with an injury Dwayne Haskins apparently thinks it's play time loses the game and, and thinks it's play time and goes out and now is stripped of his captainship find what was it 40 or 50,000 The most stringent penalty in the entire league for not wearing a mask I mean the quarterback they're gonna lose out the wash the, the wash
0: Danielle
11: McCartan, Sports
1: Radio 101.9 FM, The Fan, W-F-A-N. Welcome back to McCartan after midnight here on the Fan in New York City. No, it's not the weekend. Don't adjust your dials. Don't turn me off. This is live. We are live here from the Mike Francesa Studio here in New York. It's not a weekend. I've got a I've got a weekday shift, everybody. So no, this is this is for real. I see you guys tweeting at me saying the phone lines are busy, so I really want to get right back to the phone lines. You guys know I like to give you the time to talk, so please, if you're on hold, please stay there. Don't go anywhere. Um, I got a lot of tweets coming in. I got a fire one from uh, earlier this morning. at Joey Hauser 81 says, the New York Jets had absolutely no business winning that game, and anyone who says, if you're not happy the Jets won, you're not a real fan, can go take a walk. Hashtag by Trevor. So that's the Jets' point of view we've been examining tonight. Giants' point of view um, really has been the concept of moral victories. And I think if you're a Giants fan, you can accept it. I, I think because I-, I come from the thought process, as I outlined in the open, that the Giants, um, I didn't think the Giants were going to be a playoff team before the season started for many different factors. For the factor of, um, one, a brand new coaching staff, two, a questionable quarterback, you know, a quarterback with question marks, I should say. Uh, and and a brand new overhaul of a defense. I mean, with all of that, you really can't expect the team to make the playoffs. I mean, crazier things have happened, I'm sure, right? Like like we mentioned before, the Jets beat the Rams, 17 point underdogs, and they beat the Rams in L. A. No less. Um, but I think if you're the Giants, I think I think you have a moral victory, and I think you embrace it, and I think next year you build upon it. And I'm not and I'm not saying like the season's not over yet. Like the Giants literally have a chance. To make the playoffs this season, still they still have a chance and you know I was playing a little bit with the calculator of you know if uh, who you know if the Giants win, if the Giants lose, if Washington wins, if Washington loses so, so basically if you're a giant fan, you need to know this that if Washington wins their game this weekend and if the Giants lose their game this weekend. Washington clinches the NFC East, and it's a done deal for the Giants. Okay, that's the scenario. So the Giants need to win, and also Washington needs to lose, basically, to stay in it, in other words. Okay, so let's get to the calls. 877-337-6666. Bob in Bayside. Thanks for hanging there, Bob. What's up? How are you,
12: Danielle? I'm good. How How are you? I want to talk about the Giants, but I have a brief message for the Jets fans. Yeah. You've played sports, Danielle. Yep. Once the, once you get on the field, and the, these football players and the pushing and the trash talking starts. They want to win. There's no tanking. Of course, tanking is a, is a, is a concept that it's only in the fans' mind. Correct. What you know? What, once uh, you, once you punch me in the mouth, on I'm on, I'm on a defensive line. I want to beat you. I want to win the game. Right. All right. Let me get to yeah, what you were we, talking about. But we you, established,
1: we established you, that too—that that there's like right. three points of view. There's no such this.
12: thing as tanking with in sports. players, not uh, for
1: players and not for coaches, but for fans. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yes.
12: Uh, as far as all the permutations, there's one simple thing: Washington must lose to Carolina. Has to. If they win, uh, da- if they win Dallas and Philadelphia are automatically eliminated, and the Giants have to beat Baltimore. Now they're a ten-and-a-half point on the dog, and they're probably not going to beat Baltimore. Mm-hmm. But that's their only shot. Uh, to beat Baltimore, and then, then Washington has to lose to Philly the last game. Now, here, here's how the Giants can win. If You're right. If Washington loses out, and I have no confidence in Washington. I think they're a very common team. Yeah. they got quarterback problems now. Yep. Uh, uh, you got the bad calf on uh on Smith, mm-hmm. and you got this guy with the, with the, uh, with the strip teasers and all that aggravation. Wayne
1: Haskins, yeah, yeah, and, and, and there, was a, well, there was one thing too. I'll let you finish, but there was one thing. it was like the whole dilemma of, should they bench Haskins and punish the team, or do they let him play and really don't punish him? And I, and I think they, they're going to let him play, actually, I think.
12: Yeah, but if Washington loses to Carolina, that opens the floodgates. Here's what has to happen. Dallas must beat Philadelphia at home. And Philadelphia must beat Washington the final game at Philly. And I think Philly will be a three-point favorite at home. Uh, And the Giants have to beat Dallas, and then then they win the division.
1: So basically the Giants have to win out, and Washington has to pretty much lose out is the scenario, right?
12: No, the Giants don't have to win out. Giants just have to beat Dallas in the final game. If Washington loses too. Yeah,
1: if, if, yeah, if Washington loses. The out. Giants Correct. do not have
12: to beat Baltimore if Washington loses Correct. too. Correct.
1: Yes, I got that.
12: And, uh, yep. and I think the Giants will be a two or three point favorite over Dallas. The whole key game is that, is, is, is two games are the key games. Washington must lose to Carolina. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Pardon me. And Carolina's been playing well of late. They they played the Green Bay tough into the final quarter.
1: I saw that.
12: And, uh, Dallas has to beat Philly at home the, because if Philly wins two in a row and Washington loses two in a row, Philly wins the division.
1: And, and I had a caller last week, I don't know who, I forget the name, but he said, watch out for Philly. They, they can sneak in and win this. I'm telling you. I said, okay, we'll see.
12: Well, if Washington awesome. loses two and the Giants win, uh, win one out of two and Dallas beats Philly, all three teams, Dallas, Philly, I mean, Dallas Giants and Washington are all at the same record. Uh, they're all they're all uh, uh, ten and six, or oh, it's a three-way tie. Now, Washington gets eliminated by the Giants due to the, the tiebreaker, mm-hmm. and uh, and the Giants and,
1: have Dallas in the last game. You know, yes,
2: yeah.
12: No, what and 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 Giants beat Washington in the tiebreaker, mm-hmm. and Washington beats Dallas in the tiebreaker, so the Giants win it all.
1: There you go. Bob, thanks for the call there. That that sounds like um if you guys were watching the election coverage, that guy with the khakis, I don't know his name, how he stood in front of the board and all the permutations and stuff or like the, the the gif with uh who is that gif where like all the calculations are going around by his head? I don't know who that is and what movie that's from, but I use it all the time. Do you know it, Emmanuel? Do you know the one I'm talking about?
12: Steve Kornacki? He's
1: the he's the uh the, um election,
12: the election guy. guy.
1: Yeah, but the GIF of the guy with all the the math equations going around in his head, and he's like thinking. I he's know got the like GIF you're talking about. But I don't I know what can't it's from. The name. Yeah, I don't know either. But you know what I'm talking. If you're listening, you know what I'm talking about. If you're ever on the computer, you know what I'm talking about. But um, yeah. So uh, basically, here's here's the scenarios. Okay, out uh, here for this week anyway. Okay, scenario A is if the Giants and Washington both win. There's not much of a change in the percentages. Um, to, you know, to win the east. Washington pretty much remains around 75%, but the Giants do jump to 27% if that happens. If they both lose. Washington and the Giants both lose. Giants really no change, Washington drops a little bit. Scenario C is a Giants win, a Washington loss. That swings in the Giants' favor a lot. The Giants now become the favorites to win the division. And Washington drops to a 20% chance. So Giants win, Washington lose. Giants become the favorite after this current week. Like, you know, week 16. Scenario D is doomsday, though. Giants loss, Washington win. The Giants are eliminated. Washington wins the East. So those are the permutations and everything there. So, you know, we'll see. We'll have to just wait and see what goes on. Uh, Washington football teams cut a lot of question marks. Dwayne Haskins has a lot of question marks and he was stripped of his uh, captaincy, fined forty thousand dollars for maskless we'll say partying. How irresponsible is that? The court and that's not the first time he's done something irresponsible. mean he's have you remember when he walked behind the, the bench during the game and he was taking the selfies with the fans in the front row? During the game? Come on, man. Come on, man. Vernon in Manhattan, you're on the fan, Vernon.
13: Hey, how you doing? How's everything?
1: Vernon, I don't have the I watched the video for you. Hey, Vernon gave me homework over the weekend and I did it. And I watched the video and he wanted me to find out the link between what was it? Fireman Ed and the uh the Mets uh fireman on the on the bridge on City Field. <laughs> I don't know the answer, Vernon. You have to tell me. I watched it twice.
13: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let me give you a little history behind this guy. I know him very well. Okay. Um,
1: Wait, you know, not Fireman Ed, you know the fireman at the Mets game?
13: Yes. Okay. Uh, he is called the Cooler. His name is spelled K-O-O-O-L-E-R. Okay. And if you look at the video, you see that he has a whistle hanging from his helmet.
2: Mm-hmm.
13: Well, that whistle is called an Acme Thunder Whistle. That whistle comes from England. And because he's on the bridge, he usually stands around first base. Mm -hmm. And when the Mets get a hit or a run or a home run, he blows the whistle. Okay. A lot of the elderly people who got upset and complained to the staff that his whistle was too loud. So that's how he ended up on the bridge. Um,
1: (laughs) Oh, that's funny. So they
13: kicked him out of the seats and they put him out there? (laughs) Yeah, they put him on the bridge. (laughs) So the thing thing is, the reason why he's called a cooler, he picked up that idea from a movie called A Cooler. It dealt with gambling. And usually when someone's winning at the table, they send a guy to stand next to the guy who's winning, and he starts to lose. Okay. So that's why he got the the (laughs) idea of a cooler. Yeah. The cooler's job on Shea Bridge is to put out the fire... When the opposing team started getting a lot of runs, mm-hmm. if you notice his face, he doesn't smile. Did you notice that? Uh, yeah, he's very stoic. <laughs> he's just there. All right. <laughs> uh, so he has created five helmets for the New York Mets. Okay. He created a black, a white, an orange, um, a green uh, helmet, and here's created three helmets for the Brooklyn Cyclones, yellow, red, and black. So he's known for the different styles of his helmet. Now, he did meet farming Ed, actually, on Shea Bridge.
2: Mm-hmm.
13: And he came, Fireman Ed came up to him and congratulated him looking at that orange helmet where he has a visor built in the helmet.
2: Mm-hmm.
13: He pressed the button under the helmet and the visor comes down and covers his eyes, so that makes him cool. Uh-huh. He actually did a commercial for the New York Yankees at um, City Field when the Yankees were playing the Mets, and um, he has uh, people on the bridge come and take a lot of photos with him. So he's one of the big super fans. He did get uh, articles written about him. He ranks number. He, he was ranked. In the ten, there was fifty, um God did the article and of he put fifty of the super fans. Of those super fans, he came in number two. Guess who beat him out? It's
1: Fireman Ed. Gotta be.
13: No, it wasn't Fireman Ed. What? <laughs> no, okay, you've been to City Fuel, right? Yes. Okay. When you come off the, the uh the steps or if you come by the car, who is out there a city seal sitting there on a carpet. I don't know. The dog. Oh. The dog. The All right, dog, then Then the
1: I tongue. like that, then.
13: <laughs> the dog with the five glasses and the left jersey.
1: He ranked number one. Oh, see? Okay, I- I'm okay with that. <laughs> All right, so you, see, got, you got a Knicks point tonight, Brian? Uh, what'd you say? You have a Knicks point
13: tonight? Oh, yeah, the Knicks. Yeah. Here it is. If the Knicks win the championship, I'm going to get you tickets to the Green Bay Packers. Okay. You'll get a seat in Green Bay. I guarantee you that for 2021.
1: Okay.
13: If the Knicks lose, guess what? I'm going to send you 712, 7 jerseys seven with number 12 on it, <laughs> and you wear it each day, one each day. You can watch it, and you just wear that for, me, for the, um, the Knicks losing. So either way, I win.
1: Either way, I win,
13: too. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> Vernon, I like these bets. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I'm going to tell you some more about the cooler. If you're on, are you open on um uh, Saturday or Sunday?
1: Yeah, I'm going to be on Friday and Saturday. So you can save that
13: story for then. Okay, so I'm going to tell you something about this guy that you don't know. But guess what? He has called you and talked to you. But you didn't know he was the cooler. So I'm going to tell you who the guy is, okay? Oh, who is he? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Have a nice day.
1: <laughs> Vernon, with these, he hung up. I have no idea. Have a nice day. Is it Bon Jovi? Have a nice day. I have no idea. Vernon, he, he's one of a kind. He always gives me trivia and riddles and stuff. Oh, man. Okay, and we're up against the break a little bit here, and I and I want you guys to hang on there because I want to give you time to talk. Obviously, that's that's the whole motto here. So, um, if you guys just hang there, I'm going to take this right to the twenty. I'm, I'm answering all these tweets online. People are saying like, uh, "Did did you know that Todd Fraser's from Tom's River, New Jersey, and played in the Little League World Series?" That's the one I'm looking at right now. And that's from at while my guitars one. And I'm writing back, is that the one that stood next to Derek Jeter that game that time during the national anthem? So, uh, funny stuff. At Coach McCartan on Twitter, if that's where you guys want to – maybe you can't call. Maybe that's where you want to tweet me some – whatever you have to bring to the program tonight. So, uh, more your calls after this quick little pause. I'm Danielle McCartan with you on The Fan in New York City. Two.
0: Hey there, it's your buddies Carton and Roberts. As this craziest of all years comes to an end, we just want to wish you and yours a very special Christmas and happy holiday. And before you know it, we'll be back on the radio Monday at 2 o'clock. So check it out. Enjoy the weekend. We'll see you Monday at 2, right here, 1019 FM, The Fan.
1: There we go. On this Christmas Eve here in New York City, I'm Danielle McCartan with you on The Fan. 877-337-6666 is the phone number. And I just have to announce that I somehow figured out who that gif was. So I got some guesses. Uh, I got some, I tried, you know, Henry, Henry J, at Henjo 88 he tried. He He said it was the Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Charlie Day with all the zigzags. No, it wasn't that one. And then at Shell Shetty said, it's a beautiful mind. No, not that one either. And then I it, I looked at it again and it hit me. The background, I recognized the background as Las Vegas. It's the hangover. It's the one from the hangover where they're trying to card count at the thing, you know, with the guy with the beard. That's the one I was talking about. That's the GIF I was talking about. Anyway, so um, listen, I want to get right back to your calls because I know you guys are still tweeting me saying it's busy. So, so let's knock some of these calls out. Let's go to Cash in Philadelphia. Cash, you're on the fan.
14: Hey, what's
3: going on there, Danielle? What's Merry a- Christmas! Merry
1: Christmas to you too.
3: So, um, I was going to get on the Jets real quick. I'm actually a, a Falcons fan, which leads into my next point. Okay, go ahead. Um, yeah, don't laugh at me.
1: <laughs> no. Well, um, eh, you know, yeah,
3: so eh,
1: it sucks. It's I don't know what's being what's eh, worse, being a Jets fan or a Falcons fan. I'm not. I don't know. At least the Falcons uh, made it to the Super Bowl. At least you could say though.
3: Yeah. Well, uh, we also <laughs> have the single biggest collapse in Super Bowl history. Don't remind me of that.
1: Yeah, I don't but know. That's that's see, maybe I'll throw that poll up. I'm going to throw that poll up right now on Twitter. Okay, go ahead.
3: So, thing thing is with the Jets right now, they're I mean, if they get the number two pick, um, I actually personally want the Falcons to move on, and I want them to draft the quarterback. So leads to my Jets point. Mm-hmm. Do you think they'll just maybe say? I was talking to JJ last night, and he was maybe saying they will not take Justin Fields. So I don't, and I don't think so I think either. You're the Jet fans, I don't think you'll want Justin Fields. So do you think they'll maybe take that big offensive tackle from Oregon, that nice Sewell, or do you see them maybe trading out and then then seeing if you can get more draft picks? And then if that doesn't work, say you do get, you know, say you do somehow get the number one pick again, do you trade Sam Darnold to, say, someone like the Saints or, say, the 49ers who, you know, two great offensive minds like Sean Payton and and Kyle Shanahan Mm -hmm. that can work with them? What do you think of that?
1: Yeah, Keshe, there there's a there's a lot there. Uh, and thanks for the call. And, and I'm going to hang up it so you can listen to the answer. And by the way, I just did throw up that poll on Twitter at Coach M C C A R T A N. Who would you rather be a fan of, the Jets or the Falcons? So we'll see with that. I, I gave it one hour, so by 4:26, we'll have an answer there. What do you do, right? What do you do? Okay, if you have the number one overall pick, you're picking Sam. Uh, you're picking uh, Trevor Lawrence. No, if sands or buts. If you end up with the number two overall pick, if you're the Jets. I haven't really – I'll be honest. I haven't really studied, like I said before, the quarterbacks coming out of the draft. None of them right now or right now on December 24th, Christmas Eve, are striking me as can't-miss talents other than Trevor Lawrence. I also am on the record saying that I believe in Sam Darnold. The only reason why I came off the Sam Darnold train – was because the Jets really looked like they were going to and, and still kind of can get Trevor Lawrence. So my best suggestion moving forward for the Jets is to stick with Sam Darnold. If they decide that they're not going to stick with Sam Darnold, you're, you have to trade him. Those are two good destinations that you brought up. I would like to... I, see, I come... It's, and then from there, it splits into two branches. One branch being, is he an immediate starter? Maybe you look at a team like the Bears too. Or it branches off into the other way of, which I think is the right way, he should sit a season behind a veteran quarterback that is maybe going to be retiring in the next year or two-ish. In that sense, Pittsburgh all the way. Pittsburgh, send him there all the way. Because they would have the draft capital to match up to give the Jets back in return for him. And that's what I would say. So there's so many different ways that this can go. Over the next two weeks, we're going to find out where the Jets actually mathematically end up picking. And from there, we can really hone in. Because I'm not doing a whole study uh, on these collegiate quarterbacks, you know, Without the playoffs, you know, starting and all that. So I'm not, I'm not going to go and, and do that study for you guys just yet because the Jets could still end up with Trevor Lawrence. That would be the best case scenario. The Jets still could end up with Sam Darnold. I think that would be like best case scenario number two because you know what you have in him. Go out and build ta- talent around him. And if then if it doesn't work out, at least the talent is there for the plug and play with the next year's quarterback in the draft. Much like what the Kansas City Chiefs did with uh, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes was plugged into that offense. Plugged in. Tim in East Haven. Tim, you're on the fan.
13: Santa Claus is coming oh. to town. Santa Claus is coming Wait, is to it, town. are you sure
1: your name isn't Bruce? Bruce Springsteen? Is this Santa you? Santa Claus
13: is <laughs> coming to the town. town.
15: The boss. Uh Speaking of our New York Giants boss, Joe Judge, you're I'm talking a little annoyed at Joe Judge right now. Two games in a row, I find myself being angry. Um, uh, I don't know, zero zero. We're gonna go with a Riley Dixon to Nick Gates. You know, for a trick play, uh, I have friends that are like, take the points. I'm, I'm like, take the points, kick the field goal. You okay. got a Pro Bowl kicker,
1: Tim. I know this is like, we're pro- we're gonna disagree on this. I said last week on the show that in order to beat the, because the Giants did not match up talent wise against the Browns, right? Let's let's right. Can we agree on that? I agree with you okay. there. So my point of view last week on the show was you have to go big or go home against the Browns. I don't but early m- go big. I, okay, <laughs> I don't mind it. I really don't mind it. I do not like the play call. That was the what was that? First of all, not to mention the fact that that Nick Gates was triple covered. And then you had right. Graham Gano wide open, so I didn't. Right. I didn't like it. I didn't like the call, the play call. I did, though, like the gutsy call. I did. I gotta say it.
15: Okay, the reason why I disagree with that is because this: you take the points because you got to look at who our quarterback was, right? Right. Okay. Not to mention the fact that you know three nothing could have been six nothing, and actually would have been nine nothing. And maybe Baker Mayfield gets a little tight. Maybe the Browns get a little tight because, you know what, it's not quite as easy as they thought it was going to be.
1: Maybe.
15: You know, even at the halftime, it would have been 9-14. I think and I think the 13.
1: defense yeah. stopped them. Yeah.
15: And we have a chance to go in and, you know, take a lead.
1: But let me play devil's when, advocate when, with when you. When you don't
15: take those points. Right. We had three points. 14-3, to you knew we weren't coming back from that.
1: Well, Listen. Which is the gamble, right? That's that's the whole gamble. But you mentioned the quarterback. The quarterback is won you a game in Seattle, though.
15: That quarterback, and he was moving the team down the field, right?
1: So uh, you don't know what kind of game that's going to be, right? In the beginning, I, I I liked it. I liked the gutsy call. I got to tell you, I really do.
15: All right, all right. I hear you. Agree to disagree, uh, I my, right? I guess my fr- <laughs> sure. But- <laughs> I guess my friend Joe wins that one. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, you so, got the right um, idea, Joe. That. <laughs> I don't want to hear all these fans now saying, well, now Gettleman must go. Oh, I'm stop starting with that. to hear all that no. chirping again. Nope. And I'm, I'm like, I don't even want to hear that. Nope. Okay. He didn't play the injured quarterback two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. All right. You know, he, he's not the one that, um, you know, Bradbury and Garrett and all those people missing time. I mean, you can't blame this guy for that. Right. Um. One other thing the whole Miles Garrett thing, um, COVID's no joke, people. Did you see him puffing and yep. puffing all game long? Yep. We're talking about a 22, 23-year-old professional athlete mm-hmm. who's still taking breathing treatment. hmm That stuff is so crazy. Yep. One other thing, Yankees. What are you doing?
1: I don't know what they're doing. They're doing nothing Dance is what they're doing. Better
15: bring your DJ under that tree. no? Well,
1: well that's going to be my opening monologue for uh Friday night into Saturday. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> that, seriously. That's what my idea, what each team uh, wants or, or should be getting or should have gotten underneath the tree. And DJ LeMay, I already wrote it down. That's what the Yankees want and need and,
15: I don't know. One or two thinkings is that they already have this deal locked up, they're just not announcing it until after the holidays. The other thing is that maybe the Yankees are afraid cuz they got to open the vault for Judge.
1: I, yeah. I mean, yes. I I think yes. I think you're right because Judge look at the major contracts around. 300 million? Is it 400 million? I mean, is it What's worth right. it? Who who would you rather pay? At this point, I'd rather pay DJ LeMahieu the the 100 or whatever it is. At 125, 125, this point, I think, right? right? Yeah, I would, I would do that. I don't know, but we're not, we're not I mean, picking good. between the two of them. I, I get it, but I don't know.
15: No, no, yeah. So, anyways, thank you for my call. Have a merry Christmas, and we will talk soon.
1: All right, Tim. Talk to you this weekend. Merry Christmas to you too. Um, yeah, you know, and that's just the strange thing too about DJ And I was really critically thinking about this when you got Brian Cashman saying that he, you know, they're, they, they're waiting for him. They're they want him, all that, right? They're willing to wait for him. Okay, that's cool. But wasn't it not that long ago when they pulled out every single stop there was to go out and get Garrett Cole? Remember the special bottle of Italian, expensive Italian wine that he drank that one time? And Brian Cashman remembered. Remember that? Brian Cashman gave it to him. Remember when the Brian Cashman gave him that light-up Yankee Stadium 40-pound thing with the whatever the playbook or whatever inside of not playbook, but guide to the Yankees, the key to the Yankees inside of it. That to me is a full court press. DJ Lemayu is not getting the full court press treatment from Brian Cashman. And I don't know why now, maybe Tim's right. Maybe the conspiracy theories and all of us says that deals already locked up and they're waiting until after the holidays. I don't know. Why not just announce it now? Because they're saying, what Cashman is saying is, he's willing to wait out DJ LeMayhu and he's willing to give up on other potential options in order to wait out for him. So, Tim, I don't know about that either. I think we're going to disagree twice tonight. I don't know. Let's go to Doug. Uh, yeah, Doug in Long Island. Let's go to Doug. Yeah, you're on the fan, Doug.
10: How are you, Daniel? First time talking to you, and
16: I will tell you, you are the toughest one to get through. It took forever to no get way. through. All
1: right, well, you're on yeah. now. You're on. You're here.
10: What's up? All right. Uh, well, uh, the piece that you and Laurie and Maggie did was, was awful. Awesome. awesome. Oh, I thought you going to say awful.
1: I was like, I'm going to hit no, up on no, you now. No, you no, waited no, all that time to no. tell no, me it was
10: awful, though. <laughs> I'm actually at work, and I was gulping.
16: So now I... Uh, just got in a seat to sit down and talk to you. Um, yeah, it was, it was
9: awesome, and it was Thank great you. to
16: see. Long overdue. And, and truth be told, I'm a Mets fan. I was hoping that Steve Cohen, they would get her. Uh, she, me too. This should have been a long, long time ago. Yep. She is, she's just been around too many good clubs. She's been very influential with a lot of teams. So, yep. but good for her. Yeah. So, and hopefully this uh, paves the way going forward for a lot of other women.
1: Yeah. And, th- and thanks for the um, little compliment. And if you guys want to go back and listen know. to it, it's on demand. If, you'll find it on WFN on demand. I, I might tweet it out on a break if, if we can find it. But yeah, go ahead, Doug. All
16: right. Awesome. All right. So, I there's no way to sugarcoat it. The Jet Game Sunday, it, it destroyed me. It left me numb for hours. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to move forward because obviously there, at this point there's nothing to do but move forward as a fan. Mm -hmm. I knew all along this was going to happen. It's the Jets. It's typical. But I will tell you, I don't think it's as – like, everybody's painting this team out to be hopeless. Everybody's saying, oh, Trevor Lawrence is the luckiest guy in the world. He's going to the Jags now. And I would bet anything if Trevor Lawrence watched that game and and pro football focus needs to redo whatever their stats are because if they ranked Aaron Donald ahead of Quentin Williams on that game. They did, yeah. That there's something wrong there. Aaron Donald was a non-factor.
13: Macai
1: Becton
16: manhandled yeah. him. The did you whole see? It? Game. Oh
1: my! I was talking to. I went to. I went to a, per, a little personal training session today at Parisi's in Franklin Lakes, and I was talking to my trainer, Rachel. She loves football. I said, Rachel, did you see? Did you see him literally shove Aaron Donald out of the way? She said, Yeah, I saw it. Yes, he threw him like a rag doll. Macai Becton's a real you deal, know. man.
16: He's probably going to win his third player of the year in a row, defensive player in the year in a row, and he was manhandled, man-handled. by the guy who is going a to rookie. protect their quarterback yeah. for years to come. Yes. So to me, if Trevor Lawrence was watching, I'd, I'd feel a little more comfortable coming behind that guy. Now, yep. I will tell you, everybody keeps saying the Giants' you know, moral victories and if they win one of these games and they get in, what happens if they lose both and they end up in last place in historically, probably the worst division in the history of the league. And this is the sixth time in seven years they lost 10 games. Now, to me, Joe Judge is put up on a pedestal. People have brought up parcels because of everybody compares him to what we see with Adam Gase, which is probably the worst coach ever.
1: And <laughs> You're right about that.
16: I, I look at the Giants, what they did. You're going to tell me that this Jet team with all these picks, and I will tell you what I would do with the second pick. Mm-hmm. They can't. Bring in a Bradbury. They can't bring in a Logan Ryan, and then with this draft, they had a guy the Mims, or maybe another lineman.
2: Yes. And I will tell
16: you, Sam Donald's the only choice now going forward. Yeah. It, it wasn't that none of us liked Sam; we were frustrated.
2: Mm-hmm. But
16: Travel Lawrence, there was you couldn't you know, pass up. It was up. a
9: no-brainer. Yeah, you, you not pass, pass him up. No.
16: Right. Right. So if I'm the Jets at two, I'm trying to trade back to four or five. Yeah. I want Devonte Smith. I want to give Sam – Devontae Smith is unbelievable. He is going to be a stud receiver. He reminds me a lot of uh, Ty- Tyreek Hill, what he can do. He, he's got sick hands. He's a tough cover. Mm-hmm. You put him and now make Mims the two, and you can bring back Crowder to be the slot receiver. Yeah, And now Beckton. And I'll tell you, they do have running backs too. They just, like, oh, well, was- they just don't play him.
1: They just don't play him. Why not? I they don't get those it.
16: those two kids are good. Johnson's good. Adams
1: is good. I, how about Pirine, he's good too. Like why yeah. don't they get him the chance? So oh, I know. I,
16: I think this the organization you know, people can say what they want. I, I get the whole players don't tank. And I'll tell you, when I saw Makai Beckton after the game, I was so happy for that kid. Me because too. That kid I'm gonna rule for that. I didn't I didn't get upset with one player. Right. I take pride in anything I do. If I play you in checkers, I want to beat you every time. Me too. I could not anything. I want any to beat you in anything. Right. Yeah, I couldn't expect any of them players to go out there and lose. I mean, it's just that you need four things to win in this league: you need a good owner, a good GM, good head coach, and a good quarterback. Yeah, we I agree have never had that franchise quarterback. Yep. We have probably in the NFL one of the three worst owners in the NFL, and that's not changing. The, the Johnsons are going nowhere. Right. But I feel like we have a good GM. I like what he did in the draft. Agreed. I'm very high on him. Yep. And if I could, if, if Lawrence would have come here all of a sudden anybody who's a hot coach or if I'm a college guy who people are saying like uh Lincoln Riley would never come out or the guy from Stanford would never come out you got all of a sudden you got Trevor Lawrence good coaches are going to come to you and that was that's why this hurt because right. of the, my lack right. of faith in the owner exactly. that's why it hurt yeah. but now going forward we got to stay with Sam we got to find out in the next year what he is
1: right and 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 if he's not, and Doug, thanks for the call. I gotta hit the break here, but um and if Sam Darnold isn't what you thought he was, especially even with the talent that you're gonna surround him with, then you move on from there. I think that's the cor- the best course of action. I'm I'm with you there, Doug, and thanks for the call. That was a very good call. Uh, more of your calls after the break. 877 337 6666 I'm Daniel McCartan on the fan.
4: We've got you covered tomorrow Christmas Day on Sports Radio 66 WFAN with NFL football at 4 p.m. as the New Orleans Saints host the Minnesota Vikings and at 4.50 on Sports Radio 1019 WFAN-FM with Brooklyn Nets basketball as they face the Boston Celtics with the Nets game also streaming on your smart speaker, mobile device, laptop, and tablet at WFAN.com. Oh, this
13: is
1: my girl, Carrie Underwood. I love Carrie Underwood. She's, actually, her son is in this song,
2: too.
1: Merry Christmas Eve, everybody. That's Carrie Underwood. I'm Danielle McCartan, and he's Emmanuel Bar- barbary That's an Italian last name. I always thought you were Greek. Are you both? I'm Greek. But that's an Italian name.
12: Is it? Oh, I get that a lot. I have some Italian relatives, but I am Greek.
1: Okay. I thought so. Okay. All right. So, uh, you guys, 877-337-6666 is the phone number to call. Um, I threw up the poll 18 minutes ago. Would you rather be a Jets fan or a Falcons fan? Um, And that came from inspiration from the caller Cash in Philadelphia, uh, looking at the poll, uh, the Falcons, you'd rather be a Falcons fan than a Jet fan, um, most of you guys. So you get your vote in at Coach MCCARTAN. Um, I, was, I was going through them on the break. At JetsMets1448 says, I'd be a Jets fan for sure because as bad as the Jets have been, the Falcons have had an entire history of blowing games. Also, as embarrassing as the most embarrassing Jets things have happened, the Falcons have lost 28-3 to in a Super Bowl. No NFL team can top that. All right. Eric, Enron Ronkonkoma, you're on the fan.
14: Hey, Danielle. Good morning. Uh, Merry Christmas to you. You too. Okay. Merry Christmas. All right. Um, so before I get to the, the chess point, the, uh, the that uh, giant scenario about 20 or so minutes ago uh, <laughs> gave me a headache. <laughs> I know. know. Between the, I know. You know. I mean, it's <laughs> the, the, uh, although I got to say, though, I mean, the, the fact that in this weird season, I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense in this weird season that, even to this point you really don't know who might win this division on there. So I guess I guess it just kinda fits the uh uh the, you know fits the situation on there. But uh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's it, it's kinda crazy. <laughs> uh look, you know the, the the one thing I haven't heard, you know, at least yet today anyway, uh but you know it's been a, a topic. You know a lot a lot of what you know is gonna happen with the the uh I guess the draft scenario or or the quarterback scenario is who the coach is going to be. Right, you know, because I mean, if if it, well, for one thing, if Adam Gates is back, then forget it won't it. matter, no matter what. Yeah, forget about know? it. You uh-huh. know, if right, mm-hmm. right. I mean, if 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 he's not back, then it, again, it still depends on who gets brought in. Because uh, I mean, look, admittedly, I am not a college sports person. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just way too many teams to follow. Right. I, I I trust you know a lot of a lot of you guys on that, and I know somebody brought up Zach Wilson before. Mm-hmm. Uh, on that. And, uh, Jody McDonald, it was either the other last night or the other night, um, was, you know, was very high on him cause he is a big college guy, mm-hmm. uh, on there. So, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go with that. Um, you know, just from someone who pays attention. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, that might be a possibility, mm-hmm. but you know, look, the, um, I, I did sleep through the jet game. It's probably a good thing because, <laughs> you know, that would have driven driven me nuts, you know, watching that game. And, uh, but, you know, I, I don't. I don't really know how to go with it. I mean, it, you know, you feel bad for Donald because of the situation he's in, and yet, you know, how much can you trust him? Also, I mean, it's right. You know, he, he, the, I don't know if you've seen more good than bad, more bad than good. I mean, he's he's hurt, so he got factor that and mm-hmm. you know, uh, on a lot of things. I mean, the mono was just a weird thing, so you can't really throw that in there, but uh it's kind of hard to evaluate him i mean you know overall so far i I, I don't know what you thought is on that because he certainly shows glimpses like he you know i I did watch the replay of the game so he certainly shows glimpses that he can handle it but you know then he has meltdowns you know so i mean i I don't know do we even know what the real him is yet so
1: yeah and and eric that that's a good question and so who is the real Sam Darnold? Like, right? Like, this is a guy, remember, that the Jets traded up to go and get, by the way, right? So, yes, he's very inconsistent. And I, and I just kind of watch those games, like, sometimes through, like, a coach's lens. Like, I don't know, that's kind of where I am in, in my life now. But um, i look at him, and I compare him to watching other quarterbacks, you know, at the line of scrimmage, et cetera, right? Sam Darnold is not playing um, smart football, like, with his brain. Like, with his – he's not playing cerebral football, let's put it that way. And you could see it. He's missing guys that are wide open. He's not coming off his first read. Uh, He looks – he doesn't look comfortable. And all of that, like, my, my quote on my Twitter is from Hope Soul. It says, my confidence comes from my work ethic. And I'm always prepared. I think you guys know that. I'm always prepared. So therefore, I'm not nervous. I feel that Sam Darnold isn't always the best. Let's just say he's probably not prepared for action. Let's put it that way. And I don't know how m- I'm not there in the in the rooms with them, and you know, but how much of that falls on Sam Darnold not studying? Possibly. How much does that fall on Adam Gase not teaching? Possibly. Well, definitely. Like right. So I don't know. Like, i that's the thing. It's so frustrating because I don't know. I don't know who Sam Darnold is. He's rarely played with his three wide receivers altogether. Um, he's rarely played with an offensive line that's intact. He's got a head coach that has hampered him from day one, right? I actually looked, and here I am being prepared again. I looked at what – because remember that Sam Darnold started with Todd Bowles. So in his first year, he was with Bowles. And, you know, obviously since then, it's two years he's been with Gase. So when you look at a quarterback, right, I don't know, I I picked completion percentage. I think that's pretty important, right? With Bowles, Darnold had a, we'll round up, 58% completion percentage. With Gase, it's, we'll round up again, it's a 60%. Now, again, separating this is three years. If you think of this as like a freshman, freshman year with Todd Bowles and now he's a junior, under under Adam Gase, you've only gone up two percentage points in completion percentage. He's regressed by just about seven total points in quarterback rating. He has regressed. And his touchdown percentage is half that with Gase as it was with Bulls. So you mean to tell me a guy in his third year in the league is – at or worse, statistically speaking, than his freshman year in the league under Todd Bowles, I think that tells you all you need to know. So either it's going, there has to be a-, a divorce in this marriage. Either Adam Gase is out and Sam Darnold stays, or God forbid, Adam Gase stays. Sam Darnold will go and be Ryan Tannehill 2.0. Definitely, for sure. Brian in Weston, Ohio. Brian, you're on the fan.
11: Hey, Daniela, first off, I got to tell you, much respect for your show. I love it. You're, you're so informed. It's just amazing the things you can remember <laughs> and know, and all the studying you do. It's just, I do a lot of studying, right? my mind. <laughs> I do a but lot. The, oh, I, and I know I'm not the first to say this, but with our chance of losing out on the first pick, if we're not excited about fields, because he was hurt in his last game. He mm-hmm. hurt his thumb, mm-hmm. and so that's all we remember is how bad he looked, but he had an injury on his thumb, so I'd like to see him in two weeks. If we're not impressed with that, we can put a good line around the quarterback. What do you think about the odds of Stanford, Stanford coming to over to us and doing, like you said, with uh, and making, um what's his, uh, I can't think of his name now. He got me all flustered uh, <laughs> Not used to being you know, a quarterback for the club. Oh, um, Sam Darnold. Yeah, Sam Darnold. Making Sam Darnold into Ryan Tannehill. So you're you know, saying like you you're said, saying that the coach, say, the coach from Stanford,
1: come over. Is that what you're saying? No, Matthew Stafford. Oh, Stafford. Oh, Matthew yeah, Stafford. Oh, oh, oh gotcha.
11: Stafford, come over because you would be able to build a good line with all the draft picks you have. You have the receivers. And Stafford needs a new start. He's not going anywhere with the Lions, right? I'm just, and go ahead. you give you give you give him a chance to be at Danahill. Then you never know. Like you said, he can go to Pittsburgh and back up Big Ben for a year or two. And yeah. you never know what he could turn into. Right. Yeah.
1: And 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 thanks for the the call there, Brian. And and there's a lot to it. And so Brian, in in response probably to my poll, probably put that he would want to go. Um, elsewhere, look elsewhere for a quarterback, maybe, possibly, right, if Sam Darnold isn't the answer. Um, first things first, Justin Fields, um, I would, I, I'm not, I am not, I have not made a decision on Justin Fields, you know, cut and dry decision on him, okay? But what I saw from that first game, uh, well, you know, the first game in a pressure situation, which was last weekend, the bowl game, I didn't like it, okay? He's got a thumb injury. Okay, so we'll see what he does. And isn't this, uh, they say baseball's romantic. How about football? how how his team, right? Aren't they going to be taking on a Trevor Lawrence's team? Like, aren't we going to get to see them both? Even if they're not playing each other this weekend, but we're going to get to see them both again in the same weekend. And, okay, sure. I, at the college football playoff level, I will probably make a decision for on Justin Fields by this weekend. He, I mean, he's an athlete. He's going to perform well in, like any athlete would, on a combine, on a you know, on a 40-yard dash and all that. He's going to perform well. You know that already. But the co- here it is. The coach in me again is saying, like, what does he do in game situations? Right? You could I, – I coached volleyball. So volleyball, you could – in practice, you could have a kid that pounds the ball, spikes the ball so – you know, but put a blocker in front of her. Then what can she do? Does she go through the block? Does she tip around the block? Does she hit a cut shot? You know, like there, all those things in the arsenal have to be there in a game situation, not in individual drills or skills and drills and things like that. So, that's my take on that. And as far as Matthew Stafford, I'm looking just now. I love this website. It's I'm sure you guys know it, but it's Spot Track has free agency trackers and and all this. If you want to take a note, it's Spot Track. I don't know the person. It's just it's a good website. So. Matthew Stafford has a potential out in his contract after 2021. So I don't know how it would work for, for the Jets to get him um, after this 2020 season. But if they can't get him, I mean, th- that the money is an issue because they would then need to pay both Matthew Stafford, what looks like $20 million annually, and Sam Darnold, $25 million annually. So it looks like it's going to have to come via trade, and I would not be comfortable doing that if I were a Jet fan. But I did look at, here Here I am doing some research, I did look at, i got to find out here, some of the quarterbacks that would be available in free agency. And if you're a Jet fan, do any of these names sound appetizing to you? Because, again, the poll that I posted to you guys the other day was Keep Sam Darnold. 81% of you guys say you want Sam Darnold as your quarterback. And then versus the field, the field being a quarterback via the draft, a quarterback via free agency, or a quarterback via trade. Those are all the, the, the three scenarios that could come if it's not Sam Darnold. So if you look at quickly, on, on this website actually, I quickly looked at you know, a couple names that I thought might be appetizing if if, if these guys don't sign back with their teams. At the top of that list is Dak Prescott. Will he be back as a Cowboy? No one, you know, no one knows. But and off the injury, I don't know. So I'm just saying he is a free agent at the end of this season, Dak Prescott. Philip Rivers is a free agent at the end of this season. Jacoby Brissett is a free agent at the end of this season. Mitchell Trubisky. Maybe he could deal with the change of scenery. I don't know. Cam Newton who his Patriots this year have not made the playoffs. What about Andy Dalton? So do any of those whet your appetite if you're a Jet fan instead of Sam Darnold? Prescott off the injury. And this is, again, guys, if they don't re-sign with the teams that they're currently re-signing with or that they're currently playing with. So Prescott, Rivers, Brissett, Trubisky, Newton, Dalton, I don't know. I I, I, would, I think in this case, I would take my number two pick. And if those are the options in free agency, I would take my number two pick at this point in time on Christmas Eve, December 24th, 2020 at 3.58 in the morning. I would take my second pick, fall back a little bit, and I would you know trade back in the draft a little bit. And I would uh, definitely try to stockpile some draft picks there and rework that line. How about how about how about a tight end? How does that sound? The Jets. When was the last great tight end that the Jets had? I mean, Herndon is non-existent. Griffin, he could he's a good blocker. He's an okay, but I'm talking like Gronkowski type. I'm talking like Kelsey. Um, I'll throw Ertz in there. And how about Pro Bowl winning uh, Pro Bowl tight end? Not the starter one of two NFC tight ends, Evan Ingram. Huh? How about that? How about throwing his name in there as as the top of the the tight ends in the league? Surprise, surprise, right? But what I'm saying is maybe if you're the Jets, you go out and get one of those guys, like a Gronk. How about that for uh, a a check down for whoever's going to be the quarterback? That's enticing, isn't it?
0: Danielle McCartney, Sports Radio.
1: Welcome back, everybody. At the top of the hour, it is 4.04 in the morning here on this Christmas Eve. I want to wish you and me and Emmanuel are going to wish you guys a very Merry Christmas to everybody out there celebrating. Um, and and Happy Hanukkah. I know it's over, but if you celebrate Hanukkah, Happy Hanukkah. Happy Holidays. This microphone keeps falling on me. <laughs> there we go. Oh, no, there it goes again. Okay, let me tighten it up. I think that might work. Okay. Um, yeah, so we are uh, here in the Mike Francis studio for another two hours. Before the Boomer and Geo show t- comes your way, obviously, uh, in the six o'clock hour or at six o'clock exactly, we have uh, Michael Grady from the Yes Network coming up a little bit later this hour. Um, we're going to talk all things New York uh, Brooklyn Nets with you guys. So uh, stay tuned if you're a huge Nets fan. That's that's going to be a great conversation. I'm sure Michael Grady does great work over there at the Yes Network. So we've been having um, a, a pretty heated discussion tonight, mostly about the Jets, which is fine. Um, And this thing keeps falling on me. I got to hold it. Um, I got to use one hand. I'm looking at the tweets that are coming in that um, Kevin from Camden just tagged me in a tweet from Rich. uh, I I call him Chimini because that's the Italian way. And Buon Natale, by the way, for those of you guys celebrating Italian Christmas. Maybe you're seven fishes tonight, right? It's Christmas Eve, right? I'm getting mixed up. No, not yet. Seven fishes are tomorrow night or later tonight, I guess. So um, enjoy those seven fishes or the sette pesci. Rich Chimini says that Gase has not had any discussions with ownership about his future asked if he has a gut feeling gase says this is a quote nothing i'm really worried about i had someone tweet me and i lost i'm trying to find it they said please don't ever suggest (laughs) please don't ever suggest keeping adam Gase as as a suggestion moving forward ever again i'm with you but the problem is that the ownership has not come out and said either way what's going to be going on and no news, I think, is good news for Adam Gase's perspective, right? Um, I don't know. I mean, Christopher Johnson called him a genius. He used the word genius earlier this season to describe Adam Gase, and I'm confused. That confuses me. And then at B-O-I-N-G-E-R, Boinger, he called before Justin in uh, Dobbs Ferry, I think it is, he, he said, uh, breaking news, he sent me a picture, breaking news, the Jets razor banner at MetLife, and it's a banner that says, won a game. Twenty twenty, you know, instead of like Super Bowl, won a game that made me laugh. So if you guys want to get aboard, eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Let's go to Ben in Queens. You've been hanging on for a while there, Ben. What's up,
17: Morning there, coach usually uh, back back in the day. This was my hour because it was Tony Page's uh, Simpson hour. Okay. So so this is it's it's familiar haunting grounds for me. Oh, good. Um. Well, you know what? Jet stuff can wait. Because the Jets' stuff depends on one game, and it's not theirs. Mm-hmm. It depends on Jags' bears. So I can hold off on the Jets. Let me, let me hit you with a little MDA tonight. With the Knicks, I hope Q is okay. Him not be playing yeah. back in the game after the hit pointer, that's okay with me. Mm-hmm. That is okay. All right, don't force it. Don't force it. it, uh, it they, my problem is, and you remarked on it on Twitter. Why wasn't he starting? I don't know. Just, just let the kid go. We, you know him. And then, if you want to bring in Peyton after the first eight minutes, let him get that sense of starting a game like oh. this on the road.
1: How about Toppin too? I mean, I think I, I, I would rather start quickly. Let's let's put that out there. But Toppin. He didn't come in until I think it was like three minutes left in the first quarter. I mean, that's – that's I don't know about that. uh,
17: uh, What are you protecting them from? I don't know. From themselves? (laughs) They need to get the
1: experience. That is the future of that team. Put them out there. No one is expecting the Knicks to make the playoffs this year. So put them out there. And if they make the playoffs with these kids, then great.
17: No, no. Are 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 Nick afraid that what would happen to them uh, would be what happened to Ball tonight? But you know what, Ball went. This is a learning experience. I right. Yeah. Let me and t- top into his credit, when he came in. He he got his little Zion on. <laughs> actually, mm-hmm. you know he was he was swarming. He was everywhere. But but again, it's Thibodeau. Thibodeau's quality coach. Yes. You know, I, I can hold off on that a second. Yes. But now, something a little bit more serious. I've seen fans sticking up for Harden with all of this. How? St- that's, that's what I don't understand, okay? How? You have a problem with the team, okay? Don't show up. Just stay home, Okay that right now, you can look at Harden as the super spreader here
1: I know i that thought crossed my mind too when the oh, Rockets couldn't play, oh, yes, this, of course
17: it did and, and and here's here's the thing too, okay, and I bet you they're getting a call from the n b a because the n b a had three fantastic finishes tonight, yes, but the first thing anybody's talking about is the cancellation of the Game yep. because of Harden and the other Rockets. Mm-hmm. That is not what Silver wants. That is uh, red flags all over the place. Right. And not you- only
1: did he jeopardize the game, like he, say, say, no one, say that video never surfaced, right? Say that okay. video never surfaced. He would have put his. His Rockets team in jeopardy. He would have put the opposing team in jeopardy, and then that would have been a. And then you're putting the season in jeopardy. It's so irresponsible. Like no one has a problem about where he was or whatever he was doing. It was the fact that he had no mask on. That's the problem. And um, unfortunately, you're a professional athlete. You're gonna be videoed. You have to be following the, and the the protocols that the
17: league put forth. Sorry. Yeah, it hit between him and Dwayne Haskins. You just I know. Okay head scratching you just you just it's irresponsible guys guys you're in the big time yep, all right yep. in, in Harden's case you are a super you are a megastar right now yep self control common sense mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. this this isn't a juju dancing on a logo type thing right. this is one mistake and you're actually may kill people type thing. Right. You know this th- this comes a point in time where you have to think outside of sports and think in regular reality. Mm-hmm. And this was a thinking regular reality thing. Yeah, you're trying to force your way out of Houston. It's pretty obvious. Right. But uh trying to kill somebody unintentionally but intentionally yeah, that ain't a good well, well, look.
1: Let's not call him like a murderer here. I mean, he, well, he, he no, was... no, no.
17: But we've seen what this thing does. I'm not saying anybody there had it, but the fact you weren't taking safety precautions going in, I got a strong moral sense against that. Yeah. That is, Agreed. That that is that is getting bitten by a zombie and hiding it from your surviving party, yeah, right. And then you turn on them in the middle of the thing. Right. That's how bad that is. Mm-hmm. But coach. I will talk to you later. Enjoy your holidays if I don't get a chance to speak to you before that. And like I said, Jeff fans, we got time here. There's it, no jumping off the bridge and nothing like that, but we got time. And remember, Jags, Bears, must watch for us. Enjoy your night, Coach.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Ben. You too. Um, yeah, and as far as the, the, the responsibility, yeah, that's a great analogy. Like you've been bitten by the zombie and you haven't told your Regular, you know, you're still regular friends that 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 you were you've been bitten like by a werewolf, even. So that's a great analogy there, and and that's exactly what's happening here. It's it's, it's just, and I'm not let me, I'm not on a soapbox or anything, but it, you are a professional athlete. You're going to be videoed. Um, you have to follow the league's protocols. We're not talking CDC, not nothing of that. We're talking your league, your team's protocols. You didn't follow them, and now your team's game was canceled. You were probably the super spreader. If that video didn't show show up or surface on the internet of you partying without a mask on, um, then what would have happened? the The NBA season would have it would have been a domino effect on, on the opening day or second day, whatever of the NBA season. It would have been a domino effect. Okay, so these guys want to make all this money and these millions of dollars. They have to. They have to play, right? They have to play, and that's why the protocols are in place. I come in here, I wear my mask all the way up from my car, all the way up into this studio right here. I wipe everything down. I have my own mic, windscreen, or whatever. It's just protocol. That's what it is. I follow the protocol, because I want to keep coming back here. So I follow the protocol. It's not that hard. Not that hard. Let's go to Stuart in Brooklyn. Stuart, you're on the fan.
18: Happy holidays, Danielle. You too, Stuart. been nice to talking to you all the time. Thanks. You too. Uh, Danielle, you... Ben was right about a lot of things because these guys don't have any You sound sound
1: surprised, Stuart. (laughs) No, I'm not surprised. You know why, Danielle? I'm just kidding. They don't have
18: any respect. Yeah, I don't. They don't respect protocol. They don't respect rules. They don't respect nothing. He wants to make millions and millions of dollars. I mean, my God, he was the third wheel in Oklahoma City. Remember? It was Westbrook and Durant and then Harden. Yeah. And now he's uh, oh oh he thinks who who he is and he's the beard and this and that and the other guy you know he's a good he's a great player but you know what you're not the, uh, you're not above the law. Well,
1: he thinks he's not Dennis Rodman two
18: Yeah, that's it. That, it's that simple. These these guys don't they don't get it. They don't understand. And if he got that he would kill accidentally kill someone. How would he feel then? And then he would be banned. He would be banished. Because you can't be playing ball and being being a, uh, committing a crime. Right. Getting to the Giants, the Giants have to uh keep on moving forward, but I would not start Daniel Jones the rest of the year. I would not start him. You can't take a chance. If he's gonna be your franchise quarterback, you have to let him sit and heal properly. Well,
1: you know okay. Uh I don't know if I agree with that, because the Giants, they're not mathematically eliminated yet. Once that yeah, happens, but, uh, I'm okay with that. But it's, it's a hamstring. It's, it's not...
18: Yeah, but uh, you know how long sometimes hamstrings can take to heal, right? I do. It could take a long time. I, I
1: had one myself, but I'm saying, like, if, if he's not 90% or better, you sit him.
18: Sure. Yeah, okay, agree with that. And uh, with getting to the Jets, um, you know, is Ben a Jet fan? He
1: used the pronoun we to describe the Jets, so I'm going to assume yes.
18: Yeah, all right. Well, uh, once upon a time, I was a Jet fan, but the only time I was a Jet fan was when, when Number 12 was there, when Joe Namath was there, because I liked his swagger, I liked his style, yeah. and I just liked the fact that when I got back from the Mets 69 World Series parade, he came out holding the Super Bowl trophy high over his head, wearing a mink coat. I know, yeah. And that was priceless. <laughs> I mean, I remember that to this very day. I was at Shea Stadium that night after the Mets won the World Series in 1969, mm-hmm. where my boy Siva was the star of the show. Mm-hmm. And no, no, not Siva. Jerry Kuzman. but Siva did pitch the fourth game, a complete game, ten ten inning, two to one victory. And uh, but I was I was impressed with Joe Namath. But uh, I'm a Giant fan now because you know uh, you know it's like. Uh, not I didn't switch. I was always a Giant fan going back to Y.A. Tittle. But the Giants have to, like you said, 90% let them play. But if not, not. But the Jets, Adam Gay shouldn't have been there to begin with. Well,
1: we, yes.
18: I mean, he <laughs> – Yes,
1: you know my feelings had, on
18: that. I mean, he, he looked like he, every week he was lost uh, in, still. His, in his press conferences. He just looked lost. He didn't have the proper answers for the questions. And uh, there was no, there was no, it seemed like there was no game plan. And uh, they just went out and did what they did. Okay, last year they won, they were 7-9. But that wasn't any, any, any indication. So was, the season was already over when they went on that winning streak. Yeah. Wow. Again, a happy holidays to everybody over there, and a healthy new year, and hopefully 2021 brings us back to where we can be in the baseball parks and stadiums.
1: God bless. From your mouth to God's ears, hopefully. So, Stuart, thank you for your call. You
18: take care, Daniel. Have a happy holidays.
1: You too. Thanks. And a
18: healthy new year.
1: You too. Uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be back in the stadium soon, you guys, right? Man, did I ever think I was going to miss paying $40 to park my car at Yankee Stadium? <laughs> or whatever it is, $20 to get over the bridges to City Field. Like, did I ever think I was going to miss that? I don't totally miss it, you know, but you know what I'm saying. Spend $14 on a beer from from the beer dude. Like, I miss it. I do. And, and the caller before, I wrote it down. I don't know where. I wrote camaraderie at the stadium when he was talking about how he sits next to the old guy, to, to the old guy at, at the stadium, the Jet fan, same old Jets. It's just a camaraderie, you know, and I don't know. I just, I, I you know, I just look at, these football teams around here that have limited capacity and I'm like, "Oh, I just want to get to a game." Like, I almost want to if there wasn't a travel ban in our um uh in our in our zone here, I would I would go. I would go and I would go to a game. I don't care what game it is. But of course, I won't because we have to quarantine once we get back here. This is so random, but on this TV right here, <laughs> The funniest video I ever seen on YouTube was there's a model and she's walking down the runway and she her heels like give out from underneath her wobbly wobbly no one's ever seen the video before but if you google it you could probably I might post it I, if I can find out post it but this channel this random channel that's on right now had was just showing that video I was trying not to laugh as I was talking and It's like the I gotta, I gotta tweet it out because it's like newscasters that are like making like sound effects as she's like wobbling down the aisle and then she ends ultimately she ends up falling. Um, but it's hilarious. I don't wear high heels just for that reason because I have flat feet and whatever. But anyway, so that's uh, besides the point, that is totally not related, but that just caught my eye on TV and I had to tell you guys. So I'll, I'll tweet it out to you guys at Coach MCCARTAN. And uh, you guys want to get aboard? Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. We've got Michael Grady at four forty. So we'll take your calls all the way up until then. I'm Danielle Cardon on the
8: Join us. I'm dreaming for a while. What are you doing Christmas. here? this is the promo time. This isn't singing time. Uh, what? We're supposed to do a promo. That's what I was doing. It's Christmas Eve, and we're going to get the the whole thing started off the right way.
3: When we're in Geo, working Christmas Eve. When you're not, six to ten a.m. <laughs>
8: right here on the fan. Nobody else is either.
1: Welcome back to McCartan after midnight. Here, everybody, at four twenty-three in the morning. On this Christmas Eve, Merry Christmas to everybody that celebrates Christmas. Buon Natale for you Italians out there. Enjoy your seven fishes later today. Um, So we've kind of opened up a can of worms here. I was just telling CeeLo here that, you know, when I checked out the Jets, I mean, the uh, the potential free agent quarterbacks in 2021, everybody's tweeting me now that Dak Prescott, they want Dak Prescott, you know, whatever. But this was a good tweet um, from at this. You must have been a lineman when you played uh, football. At sixty three is eligible. That's a great handle. But you said about Prescott, blah blah. blah but you said that you hope that the third head coach and um and basically offensive system in four years that he that Sam Darnold isn't too mentally gone, um, due to all that. So um, yes, I, I that that is a concern for me too. So you're you're coming from let's say the USC offense. You're coming from you know right right into the Todd Bowles offense. Then you went right into the Adam GaSe offense, and now technically it's your fourth system in what five years? That's a lot. That's like learning a different language. I, there was, I forget which um, commentator said it, but I think it was a collegiate game. I can't remember, but he, he he likened it to you know a starter coming in and learning and jumping into Spanish three right away in in a system. And as an Italian teacher myself, I can absolutely tell you that. That's what it's like. It's it's a whole different language. So um, that would be a concern for me. It would. Um, but either way, I mean, right, the Jets are going to be moving on from Adam Gase, right? I had someone tell me that you, I want him to stay here. No, I, I tweeted back, you must be new here because I wanted Adam Gase fired after they lost to the winless Miami Dolphins. And then definitely I thought he was going to be gone after they lost to the, the 0-11 Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati uh, after Thanksgiving because – Adam Gates didn't even go home for Thanksgiving dinner that night and they still lost. So no, you you must be new here. But anyway, I digress on that. Let's get to your calls. 877-337-6666. Paul in Floral Park. Paul, you're on the fan.
11: How are you? The Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas fan. to
1: you too. Oh,
11: right, All right. You know what um I'm so glad that hockey's uh, coming back. Yeah, hockey's I can't back. Wait. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, to to Jonathan T. and uh, Patrick Kane, I would love to have those two on my, on my team any day. Yeah, yeah,
13: yeah.
1: That's it. That's the call.
13: Uh, well, it's, you know, uh, to, um,
11: yeah, just looking forward to yeah, <laughs> but like the hockey uh, season. All right, yeah. Paul,
1: Paul. Thanks for the call. Yeah, yeah. Hockey fans. Get excited because it's it's been officially approved. And Paul, I know, is a big Islander fan. It's been officially approved. 56-game uh, season it is. The, the, the uh, realignment in the divisions is, is pretty much set. I think they're still waiting to see what's going to happen with the, the Canadian teams. Are they going to, in fact, be in their own division or not? Uh, that is remaining to be seen. But... Um, just think of all the teams that are here in the Northeast. Those are the teams that are in the in the division. I think – no, I know they did that on purpose to try to limit the travel um, because a lot of these – I don't know if they take buses or trains, but a lot of these are accessible via bus or, or via train. So hockey's back. The Devils are back. The Rangers are back and the Islanders. I, I believe – I think I saw on my way in that the Rangers will be opening their season on January 13th against the Islanders. I think that's the truth there. Yeah, Emmanuel's saying yes. So that's going to be a big game. And I think it's going to be – in a way, a little bit more exciting in a way because then you've got these built-in rivalries just based on, like, ge- like geography. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you know, I know Kevin in Camden has fans. He tells me all the time he has fans, uh, friends that are Flyers fans. And just because of that, I mean, I don't know. It's just a little bit extra this year because they're going to be playing each other just so many times this year. You know what I mean? I don't know. Um, but I'm excited for hockey season. I, I do watch it. I mean, first of all, I, I have a career career that so, you know, I, I can only shove so much information into my mind. And usually the callers always want to talk about football here. They usually, football or baseball usually is what the most calls that I field. Um, basketball too. Rarely do I get hockey calls. But if you guys want to go down that route, we could do it for sure. I wish some of you guys would call more about the WNBA, but that's, that's, yeah, that's the point. That's the other point. Um, let's go to Rocky, uh, Ryan and Rocky Point. Ryan, you're on the fan. Hey, how's it going? What's Merry up? Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, too. Uh, I got, like, a,
9: a question about, like, what you think about the Jets and mm-hmm. their coach. Obviously, it hasn't been, like, made official that Case is gone. I'd like to think he's gone. Yeah. I think the, the Jets are crazy enough to keep him.
1: I know. That's what scares you, doesn't it?
9: Yeah, it does. And I wasn't too big on the whole tanking for Trevor thing early in the season because I'm a Sam Darnold fan. I think he's really good.
4: Mm-hmm. You know, having
9: having two different coaches in, in – Three seasons is is, is huge on a young quarterback. Yes, but uh,
1: besides the draft. But wait, Ryan. I mean, wait, but Ryan. Before you go, before you go on, how yes. would a third coach in four seasons be for him professionally? You know, at the NFL yes. level, that's concerning.
9: Yes, not, yeah, not good.
1: I mean, but but either way, but either way, we have to assume Gase is not going to be back, right? Either way, he's going to get a, that extra coach in in his you know in his repertoire. So. Either way, I think it's yeah. a moot point. But go ahead.
9: The question I got is, I mean, because it doesn't really look like we're going to get Trevor. I think they put out the the percentage of us getting that number one spot back. It's like 29% to the 71 that the Jags just got cause, because of the win. I think if you get a couple more weapons from the draft to put around Sam Donald, that would be great. Like, I like your comment earlier about them getting a, a tight end.
1: Yeah, I, I, mean, I wouldn't.
9: I wouldn't say get that in the first round, but right. my biggest thing is second round. Who, who do you go? Who who do you go? Like, where do you go to find a coach? Do you dip down to college?
1: Yeah, I think. I
9: think the enemy would be a great, a great if they
1: could chase him. Right, Ryan, I uh, I'll, I'll uh, let, let you continue. Just be enemy though. If if you're Eric, B. enemy. Right. Put yourself in his shoes. The Jets passed you over for Adam Gase two years ago. How? Yeah. yeah how? Um, uh, susceptible, I guess the word is. How open would you be to returning to that organization that passed on you for this inept head coach? Would you want to? I don't know.
9: Yeah, no, I, I know exactly. Yeah, you know I, 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 I agree. But I just, I don't. I'm not such a big fan of dipping down into the NCAA. To, I don't like it either.
1: You're right, Ryan. I don't like it either. You're right.
9: You know. So that's that's my question. my my biggest My biggest concern is who's going to come coach this football team. Yeah. And if and if they can't find anybody, are they going to keep Gase around? I, oh. I really hope not. <laughs>
1: oh. Oh. Well, I I don't know, Ryan. And thanks for the call. There. Um. I would hope not. I would hope Adam Gase will not be the coach of the Jets next year. I call him Adam Guru. For those of you guys that are just tuning in, the weekday crowd. I call him Adam Guru. Um. Obviously, tongue in cheek. I don't think he's a guru. Obviously, you know that. Um. But Christopher Johnson called him a genius, which scares me. Um, I think Woody Johnson coming back, um, if in fact – no, it is. It, he should be coming back from, from uh, Great Britain, from his ambassadorship. Shake things up a little bit because if Christopher Johnson's making the decision moving forward, I I would think Adam Gase would be the coach moving forward. I, I, I don't know. I, you know, as soon as the Jets are mathematically eliminated from getting the first overall pick, mathematically eliminated, which they are not yet. As soon as that day comes, you would think the pink slip would be in the locker or on the door or on the door handle or they would deactivate his card into the floor and park facility or something like that. You know, I don't know. And then so and he just brought up the point of, of, okay, well, where do you go to find a head coach? Okay, so philosophically speaking, I don't typically like dipping down into NCAA. I don't like it. You know. I just don't like it because the NCAA game is a lot different. Collegiate athletes are a lot different to handle than than professional athletes. Um, Let's just talk about the dollar amount that they earn, each of them, right? There's a big disparity there, a grand disparity there. Um, That's one thing. I don't like collegiate coaches because to motivate a college kid is different than to motivate a professional player. Um, The shtick gets old sometimes, and Matt Rule just popped into my mind. You know, I, I don't know. I, I would rather the Jets find a coach that I think Eric me would be great. I don't think he would want to come here, to be honest with you, after what the Jets pulled on him last time around. They could have had him. They could have had him. And we would have been talking about a whole different tune here. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I like the coordinator route. I would think offensive coordinator route. I know Boomer, maybe he's on his way here right now, but I, I know he threw out Bill Cower. I would absolutely take Bill Cower on this team in a heartbeat. I think the Jets need something more of like a Bill Cower type, like a Joe Judge type, like a Tom Coughlin type, to come in and command immediate respect of this team and establish them as a destination. If their, what is it, 18 draft picks over two dra- the next two drafts doesn't do it, if their second best cap space in the league doesn't do it, maybe the coach would would entice that. I don't know. But that's, I like the established coach option rather than the up-and-comer because then it's like rinse and repeat, right, with that, just in case if it doesn't work out, it's rinse cycle, rinse and repeat. Let's go to – and by the way, we have at 440, we have um, Michael Grady coming up from the Yes Network. Marcel in Brooklyn, you're on the fan.
19: Hey, Danielle. What's I'm tough? back, and I'm better than ever, third time as I called you from the fan. In New York, my hometown. Hey, Merry Christmas Eve and Happy Holidays to you. You too. Uh, 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 I'm here this morning to have the Knicks starting the 2020-2021 season lost to the Indiana Pacers 121-107. My player of the morning goes to R.J. Barrett. He's got 26 points, 15 Field goals, eight rebounds. All right, we, we can read the stat line. All right, you like R.J. Barrett? That's good. Yeah, R.J. Barrett is a strong of the new season to start things off for our Knickerbockers. Hey, now, Danielle, did you know the New York Knickerbockers have the world championship team that any other franchise team in the NBA so far? i say it's true. It's all true. Wait a second.
1: Did you just say the Knicks are going to be a championship team this year?
19: Well, for Marcel, 20- come on, Marcel. <laughs> no way. There's no way you actually believe that. Yeah, that is all true. During the pandemic, the Knickerbockers are tried to work things hard, exercise a bit, and straight to the championships, the playoffs, and the finals. Okay, they-
1: Marcel, that is totally off the rails there, Marcel. I'm sorry. I, had, I, had, I cannot entertain the fact that the New York Knicks are going to be a championship Caliber team this this season. Maybe in the near future, Marcel. This season, absolutely not. They have some nice pieces. I think Emmanuel Quickly should be the starting point guard from here on out once he gets back from his little hip pointer injury in a week or two or wh- however long it takes him. Pain threshold is, is that that's that kind of an injury. But to come on the fan in New York City and declare the New York Knicks as a championship contender this season, Marcel. You're crazy, man. You're crazy. That's crazy. That you think that the Knicks could possibly beat um I don't know, any of the teams in the East, including the Brooklyn Nets which we're going to talk about in a second. Uh the Nets, how about the Heat or the Celtics or or, or I, I, any of these teams or how about then how about the the Milwaukee Bucks or even if you if you if the Knicks made it, made it. You think they're beating Anthony Davis and LeBron James in the final. If on this – I mean, the Jets beat the Rams, 17-point underdogs. The Jets beat the Rams. So I guess anything can happen on any given Sunday. But the Knicks play every other day pretty much, and and we know what they are. We know what the Knicks are. I almost feel like making a bet right now, but I won't go that far, like a tattoo bet, but I'm not going to go that far into this, Emmanuel. But the Knicks have some good pieces. Let's not – I mean, first of all, they lost their first game. If anybody has the right to to send their team to the championship after one regular season game, it's the Nets fans. The Knicks fans, though. Okay. You lost the first game. You're not going to get there by losing by losing, and you lost one of one so far. But I digress. They have nice pieces. I really like Quickly. I really like Toppin. I think Mitchell Robinson is a beast. I really like him. Knox, I could, at this point I could do without. Alfred Payton, I could really do without. But R.J. Barrett, though R.J. Barrett, he to me when he when he came out of the draft, he to me was was not NBA ready. He wasn't. He couldn't make a foul shot. He was shooting the foul, foul shot, you know, in his first season at. You could probably look it up. Probably, I'm going to guess forty fifty percent would be too much. I mean, he was, he was on fire tonight in the loss. In the first half, he didn't miss a shot in the first half. He was 8 for 8 from the floor, 3 from 3 from beyond the arc, and he had 20 points in the first half. The Knicks had 66 points in the first half. So the evolution of R.J. Barrett, I'm intrigued by. And they have some nice pieces, but Marcel, the New York Knicks are not going to the finals. And let's hear from uh, Michael Grady coming up next. And maybe the Nets will be going to the finals. I'm Danielle McCartan on The Fan. So we're joined here on McCartan After Midnight by Michael Grady. You know him from the Yes Network, the courtside reporter for the Brooklyn Nets. Michael, thanks for joining us tonight.
20: Oh, Good to be on with you, Danielle. Thank you. So
1: let's kind of get right into this. The Nets-Warriors game. After the game, Steve Kerr said, "And this is a quote: I just, I just didn't like the level of competition. I actually thought we'd compete harder, play better defense. We didn't do that. So the Warriors made less than 38% of their shots. Do you, Michael, chalk that up to excellent Nets defense or poor shooting by Golden
20: State? It's a combination. But I will say that Steve Nash, from the opening of training camp, his message to his guys was about defense." and i would say huge percentage of their focus over the course of training camp and the preseason games was all about defense i mean this is a nets team that's not going to have issues scoring the ball and but if you're going to be a championship caliber team You're going to have to play at a certain level and give a certain effort on the defensive side of the ball. So even though the Warriors didn't have shots, you know, falling, um, I, I, I can't say that the Nets didn't play a big factor in that, you know, in hustling, trying to put a hand in guys' faces and just trying to make life difficult for a Warriors team. Here's the other part of it, too. Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, taking on the assignment of trying to chase down Steph Curry, give him credit for that. The other guys on the roster, though, you let them shoot. That's not a deep, talented Warriors team, and you want to force them into uh, certain kind of shots that I don't feel very confidently that they're going to make. That's just game planning and scouting and looking at these guys. It's Steph Curry and then a bunch of dudes right now. As the talent from opposing offenses improves, then we'll get a better assessment of what this next defense can look like.
1: And, you know, I think the number one thing that fans, not just here in New York area, but across the league we're we're looking at in this this particular game, the first game of the season, was the degree of selfishness or unselfishness of this team. And I know we're one game into the season, but in the win... There were six players that had multiple assists and then Durant and Irving had a combined 48 points and seven assists. So we all know what that story is, but how do you think the team dynamic would change in the future if this was the formula for a loss rather, or even like a few losses in a row rather than a win?
20: Privately, I'm sure Steve Nash is looking forward to because he wants to see how his team is going to respond to adversity. Do they stay connected? Do they stay glued or will they unravel? Um, my belief right now, given how tight this group is, is that, yeah, they'll have some hiccups, words may be said, but I think that they are pretty solid in their connectivity. The the 48 combined points that we saw from Kyrie and Kevin, I, th- I feel like that number can go up. I feel like Kevin can get you 30 on any given night, especially as he finds his groove. Uh, Kyrie certainly can go off at any particular time. Uh, And it's going to be hard for defenses to say, well, we're just going to shut down Kevin. We're just going to shut down Kyrie. You can't stop everybody. And then Karras comes off the bench and gave you you 20 points uh, against the Warriors, which he is certainly capable of. So I think ball movement is going to be crucial. There are going to be times where one of those three guys is going to have an off night. Are they going to continue to put up shots? Or are they going to get their teammates involved? That's something, Danielle, that we'll see over the course of the season to see how they respond when someone doesn't have it going. And the only sample size we have right now are all three guys hitting on all cylinders. So um, I feel like particularly with the last thing I'll say on the, is with the second unit. Uh, if Karis doesn't have it going, if he's missing shots, is he committed to getting other guys involved or continuing to put up shots and putting Nash in a situation where he has to get Kevin or Kyrie uh, off the bench. Uh, He was killing it. And as the game wore on, his numbers improved in terms of flirting with uh, a double-double and, you know, five assists to go along with that too. But that's something that I want to see from Karis, not just going in and just let me see how many shots I can get up, but let me make Sam better. Let me make Jared Allen better. Let me make Jeff Green better.
1: You're around the team, obviously, you know, in an empty arena. You are like the, the source for the team here. Who would you say would be that glue uh, that holds that team together?
20: That's a really good question. I think there are a number of guys on this roster who fill a role with this particular team. It's really hard to say right now that if this guy isn't on the roster everything falls falls apart. It's really hard to say that with this particular group. Everybody serves a purpose. Joe Harris serves a, a big-time purpose on this basketball team. Kevin Durant may not be extremely vocal, but he leads by example and says things when he needs to, and it's impactful because he's not just talking all the time. So when he does say something, you have to pay attention. Kyrie's a little bit more vocal in that regard, and he has, according to himself and others, has matured in terms of saying the right things to teammates when they're in the heat of battle. Things can get intense and get serious. And then DeAndre Jordan provides comic relief with jokes and things to lighten the mood to a certain degree guys don't take things all that seriously so you can rib guys and not worry about them taking things personal so uh daniel that's a hard one i don't there's not a singular person on this roster that i say this team all comes together because of this particular player but from Kyrie, kevin karis dinwiddie joe deandre all the way down kevin and Kyrie have been really careful about saying this isn't me and kev's team this isn't me and kai's team it's all of us And so far, it's very early, it's very early, but so far, everybody's playing their role.
1: We're talking with Michael Grady, Brooklyn Nets courtside reporter here on The Fan, and you kind of alluded to it, but when you look at the minutes played per player, and we have one game to look at, but you'd find Tuesday night that the workload was mostly evenly split. I know it was the season opener on national TV, very exciting, but how do you see these minutes being divided moving forward?
20: That'll be an interesting one because we may see more games like we saw against the Warriors than closely contested, nail-biting type games. When you're facing the elite teams, for example, Boston, that could be a very tight game. They feel embarrassed about how things went at that second preseason game. So I expect a fight from the Celtics. Milwaukee games are going to be tough. Miami, Philadelphia, there'll there'll be some tough games. And then, of course, the teams that come over from the West— But there'll be a lot of nights where you're just blowing a squad out and it's light work, you know, like we saw against the Golden State. And so in those type of situations, you want is, you know, limit the minutes for Kyrie and Kevin. Find a rhythm, get out in front, and then try to give those guys as much rest as possible. And that serves a couple of purposes. One, you keep those guys as fresh as possible. There are always going to be concerns about Kyrie's health. And about Kevin's health. So you want to keep those guys as fresh as possible. They may take some games off, but then also the guys who fill a role. Again, there are a lot of guys on this roster who could be starting on other teams across the league and to give them opportunity to keep them involved, to keep them engaged, to empower them as much as you can and say, hey, close this game out. So, hey, we need you during this long stretch. Or, hey, these guys are taking the game off. We need you tonight. I feel like that's really important because you're going to have to rely on those guys when we get to May, June, and July. For all the talk about LeBron and AD and how spectacular those guys are, Contagious Caldwell-Pope, filled a big role for the Lakers in crunch time when they needed to make winning plays. And I think empowering role players like that over the course of the season serves you when it's crunch time and big time playoff games.
1: You know, that's exactly where I wanted to go next. When you look around at the power duos in the NBA, Anthony Davis, LeBron James jumps off the page to me. Are KD and and Kyrie the biggest or one of the biggest big twos in the league? Yeah, right?
20: Yeah, there's, you know, LeBron and AD is right there at the top. And there are other great combinations in the NBA for sure. And a lot of fan favorites out there. But it's LeBron and AD, Kyrie and Kevin. And I can't go anywhere else with it. You know, Giannis Adetokounmpo is a two-time MVP, but I'm taking Kyrie over a Chris Middleton or a Drew Holiday. Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray, fantastic. No. Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, no. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, no. Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, No. Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, no, I can't go with another combination that I would put above Kyrie and Kevin into that number two spot behind LeBron James and uh, Anthony Davis. So when you have that combination, having a big two is one thing because people say, hey, you don't need a big three anymore. Look what LeBron and AD just did. Well, those are two of the top three guys potentially in the NBA. That's a different big two than what they have in Phoenix or what they have in Portland or what they have in some of these or even in Denver for that matter. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, Kevin could prove that he's the best player in the league once again, it could prove that he's a top three guy. Um, I see people have top point guard lists and Kyrie Irving isn't in the top five. I'm sure that's something he's paying attention to. And I'm sure that that's something that, you know, was motivating him in that matchup with Steph Curry in the opener. One of the reasons why he went off in that first half. Kyrie has, he won't acknowledge it. and may not pay a whole lot of attention to it, but being a master of his craft puts him in a position where he's going to want to prove that he's, one of the top point guards in the NBA. So that said, yeah, you have one of the top point guards in the league, one of the top players in the league with great depth. That gives you the potential to win a championship.
1: And we're talking about Michael Grady here on the fan from the Yes Network. I wanted to go there too. Do they need a number three in terms of a superstar number three? And if not, I guess it'll be on a rotating basis, which guy is going to step up and be that three based on the opponent.
20: I think Karras has been given the green light to do that, even though he's coming off the bench, but playing a Manu Ginobili role where those Spurs teams had Tony Parker and Tim Duncan, you know, getting the job done. And then Ginobili would come in, provide a huge spark and then close out games. And so I I feel like Karras is going to be given that green light. Spencer Dinwiddie averaged 20 a game last season can certainly do that. The three-point shooting that you have from Landry Shamit, Joe Harris is big. You have veteran leadership too. To me, that's enough to win an NBA championship, to give up that depth, to bring in another superstar. James Harden is the only guy that's being brought up, and he has been a, oh my God, headache with what we've seen from Houston. So if if I'm a team out there and I'm courting James Harden, and I'm seeing everything that he's doing to get out of his current relationship, that would scare the hell out of me. He's not in shape. He's doing things all over the place without a mask. He just hasn't been responsible at all. To me, that's not a way to get yourself out of your current situation. So to give up a Karis, a Dinwiddie, a Jared Allen, maybe a Torian Prince to bring that guy in. Yeah, it'd be exciting, maybe fun to watch, but I don't feel like that's a strong foundation. I feel like that potentially brings in a lot of chaos and they have a good thing going right now.
1: Yeah, chaos is it would be a great word to describe that. Now, if I'm the competition, the Nets scored 23 points in one-on-one situations in the first half. Based on how that clearly didn't work for the Warriors, like what kind of a decent defensive strategy should Nash and the Nets be expecting from here on out?
20: That's a really good that's a really good question. And um that is above my pay grade because I'm <laughs> watching the way that Kevin Durant is scoring out there. And obviously you want to do things to force the ball out of Kevin's hands. Or if Kyrie has a going, and you want to force the ball out of his hands. But those are two guys... Who can score in a variety of ways. If you force Kyrie into shooting jump shots, he is efficient as a jump shooter. If you force Kevin into jump shots, he is efficient as a jump shooter. If you crowd Kevin, as we've seen in the preseason games and in that first game against Golden State, he still has a good first step to get to the rim and get a dunk. If you crowd Kyrie, his ball handling skills, his quickness is still on point that he can make a play either for himself or others. And the others are pretty damn good too that's a that's a tough one danielle I, there there will be a defensive strategy that that will be orchestrated that that we may see slow them down but it's really just going to have to come down to a really tough shooting night and then the supporting cast also struggling with their shots we're talking kevin having a rough shooting night Kyrie having it going but joe is struggling shooting from the floor tory and uh spencer Dinwiddie, other guys struggling and shooting from the floor so it's a tough one because the Nets not only have guys who can score in a variety of ways, they can attack the rim and get to the free throw line, which is another issue that opposing teams are going to have issue with. So it's a it's a really dynamic squad. I could say with Milwaukee, for example, you want to force Giannis into to be a jump shooter. You want to clog the paint. For other guys, Ben Simmons, same kind of thing. You can't do that with this Brooklyn Nets team.
1: Very versatile. And you know, the, the Nets scored 43 first quarter points. The largest lead was 38 in a largely boring game. I mean, Steph Curry summed it up best. He said, we got our butts beat across the board. What is your biggest takeaway from the butt kicking?
20: (laughs) Um, The defense, for sure. Um, That was one of my questions to Kevin last night. And he said the defense really jumped out at him and the way that they played. Although they'll get tested in future matchups for sure, on the defensive side of the ball to see where we're at from there. Outside of that, and I've talked about this quite a bit, You know, assuming that this team can stay healthy, this may be the worst that this team looks. They're still figuring each other out. They're still learning how to play together. Um, One of the things that that Kevin and Kyrie pointed out is that one advantage at other teams in the Eastern Conference, whether it's Milwaukee, Boston, Philadelphia, et cetera, One advantage that they have is that they have multiple years of experience playing together. And so how can they make up ground in that regard? Well, they spent a lot of time in L.A. playing together. They weren't playing with Steve Nash's system, but they were communication, understanding each other's tendencies, strengths and weaknesses, all those kinds of things. Spencer, Karis, DeAndre, Kyrie, Kevin. A number of guys made their way out there. Landry Shamit was another guy that was out there to try to build some of that chemistry and make up a little bit of ground. So they weren't trying to figure things out day one of training camp. So the fact that they looked that cohesive, there were some miscues and some turnovers and things like that. Like, oh, I thought you were going here. or I thought you were going there. My bad. That type of stuff. Um, we saw a little bit of that. But they were more connected than a lot of people thought that they might be. So I think they surprised some people in that regard in terms of the connectivity and also in terms of how well Kevin looked after his 18-month layoff.
1: And only two preseason games did not help any of that either. The You know, the, uh, exactly. the chemistry there. So the Nets, I mean, there's no other way to say it. They dominated the Warriors in the season opener. My friend, uh, Corey, he's going crazy about the Nets. But the Warriors were without Draymond Green. They were obviously without Klay Thompson, who tore his Achilles out for the season. Grady, do you have a message to Nets fans who have already reserved their hotel rooms for the NBA Finals?
20: <laughs> um, just be patient. Be excited, but be but be patient. And at the same time, embrace it. Because when was the last time a Nets fan felt compelled to feel like their team was going to be in the nba final it's been a long time and it was a stretch of a couple of years you know where you really felt like that out of all the years that this franchise has been in the nba coming over from the aba so on one hand i want to say temper the enthusiasm but on the other hand i want to say hell embrace it i mean when you know you've been waiting a long time for this. And even when those guys arrived and announced that they were coming to the net she had to wait even longer because kevin durant you know wasn't healthy uh so yeah live it up enjoy it and keep your fingers crossed knock on wood that these guys stay healthy because outside of a milwaukee i don't know a team that can that will really be able to i don't think there's a squad that can match the firepower and we'll see over the course of the season whether or not a team, as you asked me earlier, can orchestrate a defensive game plan to slow down what the Nets are trying to do. So don't look at the Warriors game and say, oh, well, because of this, I feel like this is a championship caliber squad. They're going to face better teams. That was a 15 wins team that we saw on the court in that opener. That was not a team that you expect to compete at the top of either the you know a Western Conference. So, yeah, they're, they're going to be tests along the way. But... I still would say enjoy all of this. Enjoy the peaks. Enjoy the valleys. Enjoy the ride, because you know it wasn't long ago that this was a twenty-win Nets squad.
1: Michael, thank you so much for joining us tonight. You are welcome back anytime. Loved your energy, and thank you for joining us.
20: Appreciate you, Danielle. Thanks so much.
1: The YES Network's first Nets telecast is this Sunday, the twenty-seventh. The YES game telecast featuring the Nets at the Hornets will be at seven p.m. Eastern Time. The YES. Pre game show starts at 6 30 p.m., and the post game show will immediately follow the final buzzer. And a little bit before that, even is national TV. The Nets are going to be on national TV on Christmas Day. Nets at Celtics, 5 p.m. on ABC. Here's Brad with an update. Welcome back, everybody, to the hour of McCartan After Midnight here on the Fan in New York City. Where else? New York City. I'm Danielle McCartan. And if you wanted to get aboard on my Twitter, it's at coach M C C A R T A N and either Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan as well. Um, it is Christmas Eve. Everybody's excited, right? Everybody's excited for Christmas Eve, possibly. Uh, happy Hanukkah if you celebrate Hanukkah I know it's over, but just a few days ago, but it's Christmas Eve here in New York City, and we are I am taking you guys all the way up until 6 a.m. the Boomer and Geo show. Uh, we've had a very lively discussion so far tonight, if you're just joining us. If you're just waking up, good morning. <laughs> uh, but if you're just joining us, um, we've been talking a lot about the New York Jets, where they would go in... in- quarterback, where are they going to find a quarterback for next year, or is the quarterback already on their roster? I put a poll up on my Twitter, and we went down some sort of rabbit hole. Uh, a caller, at Cash in Philadelphia inspired this poll on Twitter. which rather be a Jets fan or a Falcons fan? And the final results are, in fact, in. 51% of you guys are uh, would prefer to be a Falcons fan, and 49% of you guys would rather be a Jets fan. That was a lot closer than I thought it would be, uh, considering the Jets haven't seen the playoffs in 10 years. And that's kind of where we picked up the show. That's kind of where we started. And I know last week I played for you guys in my, if you're new to this, I play like a little song in my opening monologue to, um, that kind of represents what my theme for that team is. So last week I played you Frank Sinatra's Here's to the Losers for the Jets because, I man, after watching that Trevor Lawrence in that bowl game last weekend, I was getting excited for the Jets to finally have it come together, for the Jets to be relevant again for the long-suffering fan base to see its team potentially win a Super Bowl. It's been an entire generation, hasn't it? And wait, forget the Super Bowl. How about just make the playoffs for the first time in a decade? So in, in Trevor Lawrence, Jets fans saw all of that, and they embraced that future, and they photoshopped, and they posted to their social media vision boards images of that 16 and his long, flowy locks in the Jets' trademark color Gotham green. Right? Isn't that what the book The Secret's about anyway? Vision boards as manifestations of desires. I mean, Jets fans are a special bunch. I mean, they waited and they pers- patiently persisted through every blame game press conference from the head coach, Adam Guru. They patiently waited as talented player after talented player, vacated their team's roster. I mean, Jamal Adams, Le'Veon Bell, um, Avery Williamson, et cetera. Each time it broke their hearts. I know that. And still, Jets fans endured, ultimately, every loss that came along with all of that. Why? Because there was a higher plan for this team, they believed. They told themselves before last week's Rams game, just three more weeks of losing in order to get to the promised land. Well, that didn't work out. <laughs> I mean, there's no other way to put it. That That just didn't work out. The Jets went to, to L.A. after who just, like days ago, they flew 4,800 miles round trip to and from Seattle to get their butts kicked in Seattle, a game in which they didn't even score a touchdown. They flew back out to the West Coast because they couldn't stay there because of COVID, uh, coronavirus concern. So they flew home and then back to LAX less than a week later, and they shocked the world. They shocked knockout pools across the USA, leaving those fans devastated. They shocked the Jets fans by beating the Rams, and they left their own fans devastated. And the Rams are a good team, everybody. No one thought that was going to happen. So the song I played for you this week for the Jets was, um, if you're an old-school WWF fan, um, it was the Vince McMahon's theme, and it was like, no chance in hell. And I played that because, although there's really no, there's not no chance that the Jets can't land Trevor Lawrence, realistically speaking, chances are pretty slim. I mean, the Jacksonville Jaguars, at 1-13, in they would need to lose one of their two final games in order to restore the universe in Jets' nation. So does that Minshew mania come back against, you know, the 7-7 and Chicago Bears? I don't know. Here's news for you. Mitchell Trubisky, you know, the Bears quarterback, the Bears quarterback, against the Blitz in Weeks 15, he was 8-for-8 with a touchdown and 158.3 passer rating. First in the league in the Blitz last year was Mitchell Trubisky. First in the entire NFL. So I don't know about that. All right, maybe you're looking at Week 17. Maybe you're circling the the Colts as the one game that the Jaguars can win. Okay, the team from Indianapolis is the only team that the the Jaguars have beaten thus far this season, all the way back in Week 1. Does that matter? Probably. I don't know, but you can't tell me that there's one single person in this entire country who thought the winless, hopeless, hapless Jets were going to go into L.A. and defeat the Rams. And handedly, pretty handedly, actually. And never in my wildest dreams would I believe that the Jets would have pulled out that win. Squandering most likely their chances at as close to a short sure thing quarterback in any recent NFL draft in history. And in my wildest dreams, I still don't want to believe it. The Jets can't even lose correctly. Which then brought up a whole conversation about tanking and how much that unbelievable win has. Like the parting of the Red Sea further divided its fan base from its team and even the Jets fans from each other. The debate about losing out and wanting to have a winless season is all the rage here in New York. Obviously, I think most fans supported the tank. I I know that as a former, not, not professional player, but a former player myself and a coach myself, I have never instructed any one of my teams to ever tank for anything. Anything. I mean, it's high school sports. I mean, there's no salary cap that I'm playing with. There's no multi-million dollar contracts that I'm playing with. And there's certainly no draft picks. But even if I was or were a professional coach, it's just a different perspective. I would not recommend tanking. So if you were for the Jets in their tanking, you you see the big picture. It's not so much bothering you to go down as one of the worst teams ever in the history books and the annals of the NFL. The comeback is always greater than the setback, says Mike the Situation Sorrentino, and wherever else that phrase originated from. If you're for the Jets tanking, you saw it as like a slingshot. The setback being the winless season that catapults you to the highest level, which would be a Super Bowl victory and maybe with Trevor Lawrence. But remember, the Jets have a ton of draft capital over the next two drafts, and they have the second highest cap space in the league at the same time. And then if you are sitting there shaking your head like, what is she talking about? If you're against the Jets tanking, you don't want to go down in the history books as only the sixth team in NFL history to have a winless season. Okay, I get it. But in the grand scheme of things, does it really matter? Because I told you before in the open, I'd like you to consider the 2017 Cleveland Browns who were winless and compare them to this year's Cleveland Browns, who are 10-4, and and if the season ended today, they'd be the fifth seed in the AFC bracket, still with a chance to win the AFC North. It can be done, and it can be done here in New York, as Winkerbett told me on the show just a few short weeks ago. That guy saw the worst team in Jets history, and then an AFC championship game, all within what, two or three years? And with that perspective, you also have Danielle. to— <laughs> And, Boomer, you've seen some losing Jets teams, been a part of them.
8: Danielle, I've been on a bunch of losing Jets teams. So, yeah, I understand what you're talking about. It's over the pain and everything else. Right. But you know, that was another lifetime ago, dear. That was a long time <laughs> ago. So don't bring that up, especially well, on Christmas Eve.
1: I know, I know. But Jets fans were wishing for Trevor Lawrence th- to know. be under their tree. Well— It's still gotta- possible.
8: Listen, so on uh, CBS on Sunday— we got the one o'clock Jaguars hosting the Bears. Mm-hmm. And we got obviously the Browns visiting the Jets side by side. So and the Giants at day. one,
1: too, right? So I'm going to yeah, have yeah. like a split screen, tri screens on my TV at one o'clock. We're not worried
8: about the Giants. You know, We're just worried <laughs> about the Jets losing and Jaguars winning, which is a weird thing, right? Yeah, I know. These are very weird. You
1: think thing. the Jaguars can do it? Yeah, sure. Versus the Bears well, or, or the Colts? you
8: think the Bengals could do it? Did you think the Jets could beat the Rams? No. Never. It's the NFL. It's unpredictable. You just never know. The one thing I will say is no matter where you are, what you're doing, when you're an NFL player, you step on that field, you take your life in your own hands. Right. So you got to be competitive. Right. Mitch Trubisky could throw three interceptions. That's basically what it's going to take, you know? Right. You never know. Anyway, um, good to see you. Yeah,
1: you too. You're doing thanks a great job, in. by the way. Uh,
8: thank you. And I know you want to play on our softball team.
1: Yeah. Oh, I was going to ask you about that, by the yeah. way. Yes. What um,
8: position would you like to play?
1: Well, I heard Craig Carton's the shortstop. No, no, so. no, no, no.
8: CeeLo's the shortstop. Okay,
1: well, whatever. Craig Carton, He's no, here. Wait, I'm
8: not even sure if I'm bringing him back yet. Oh, no. One, one step at a time, okay? <laughs> Let's see how he gets through the next year. Okay. Because uh, softball won't start probably until June. Okay. So if you can't play shortstop...
1: Wherever, wherever you Can't want play to put play Second me
8: coach. base, we got five at Second base. Yeah.
1: Okay. That's okay. Um, Third base makes me a little nervous with men hitting the ball. I'll be honest with you, I like my teeth the way they are. Just. Believe
8: me, the men that we play don't worry about it. <laughs>
1: are you sure? Yes. <laughs>
8: um,
1: yeah. I mean, I really anywhere. I've really never played the outfield, but I would. Yeah. I would
8: try it. Could you catch? Catcher. Yeah. Probably. All right. Probably All right. do it. Well, we'll see. I don't well, have any well, equipment or anything. No. Else. Normally, we have tryouts in the uh, bullpen out here. <laughs> so yeah. We'll see how that goes. You know, okay. I always
1: wanted to throw a first pitch out.
8: Really? Yeah, it's on my
1: bucket list, yeah. All right. really so. is.
8: Well, good morning, and have yeah. a Merry Christmas. You and too. And great to see
1: you. Yeah, you too, Boomer. Thanks. Thanks for stopping in. And by the way, the parking out there, I got a spot. I hear you guys every morning talking about it. I got a spot. <laughs> so, yeah, Boomer size and everybody. So, um, we'll take your calls after this break. 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartan with you on The Fan until the Boomer and Geo Show at 6 a.m. Welcome back to McCartan After Midnight. Everybody, it's 520 in the morning, so this— uh, is one of your final chances to get aboard to uh to join the show tonight at 877-337-6666. If you just missed it. We had a cameo from from Boomer Isaac and my dad texted me he said that was cool with a little emoji with the uh the shades on. And um probably most breaking news was the fact that uh yeah, it sounds like I made the team. I made the softball team. So we'll see. And uh at uh, at Dark Angelo Gym D'Arcangelo. Jim, he says, great to hear Boomer size and cameo on the McCartan after midnight show. All-star crossover. Sounds like he's heard about your ringer-in-waiting status for the softball season. <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see, but you guys, I made the team, so that's good news. Um, and maybe good news for the Giants would be the fact that they are still hanging on, but they are still in the playoff hunt. It's true. Um, the The Song that I played for you guys for in the open was the Lincoln Park. In the end, the Giants tried so hard; they are still trying so hard. But in the end, it it might not matter in terms of them making or missing the playoffs. So that is still to be determined, TBD. Uh, and while we were at it, we um, we're talking about the term moral victories, and for the Giants. And so I figured, like like you guys are in my classroom, we'll set a definition for moral victory. So I consulted good old Merriam-Webster in existence since the year 1828. So, you know, that's the original source, right? Defines moral victory as a noun. The achievement of something that is important and good. I think that implies without actually winning because the example sentence below it says exactly that. So my question to Giants fans everywhere is this. Did you consider the Giants to be a playoff team before the season started? They still have a path. I like 538's calculator. They give them a 10% chance. You know, but, as Boomer just told you, any given Sunday, right? Have the Giants, in your opinion, achieve something that is important and good? I-, I think your immediate gut reaction might be no. Because they might not make the playoffs in the worst division in football, which is by a mile. That's a fact. Okay, I get it. But I implore you to really critically think about it. And uh, like I just asked you, your answer will hinge off this essential question, like my daily lessons do. Did you consider the New York football giants to be a playoff team before this season started? I know that my answer was definitely not for these three main reasons. One, they have a brand new, they had a brand new incoming coaching staff, including the head coach, obviously. Two, they had a quarterback that still has a question mark surrounding him. And they had three, they have a newly put together overhaul of most of the defense. So under normal circumstances, having a new head coach allows the team to get together in their major off-season programs like, you know, before the rest of the teams do, the other teams. And I don't need to remind you that 2020 isn't a normal year though, guys. So when you combine a new coaching staff, a quarterback who still has question marks and a defensive overhaul with the fact that the virtual meetings, the preseason was dominated by virtual meetings, there was no preseason competition, there was no preseason schedule at all, and there weren't any, you know, sometimes they do scrimmages between two teams, two different teams, local teams, whatever. There, weren't, there wasn't any of that because for, for, of uh, COVID protocols. So I think all things considered, I think the Giants did achieve something that is important and good. So for me, I think the answer has to be yes, for the simple fact that they do still have a sliver of hope to make the playoffs with two games remaining in the season. And they did it under extreme, extenuating circumstances during that preseason prep And, and not to mention, without their superstar running back. So, all things considered, because I didn't consider the Giants to be a playoff team from the outset, I think if you're a Giants fan, moral victories are welcomed. And when you look at how this defense is playing, maybe not so much in the most recent game, but when you look at how this defense is playing for this team, it's just a sign of a good... Coach, right? The, the, the players are exceeding their uh, limitations in, in a way. The, the, the players are playing up for this head coach. There's no doubt about it. But the Giants, you know, we talked about how devastating that Jets win was versus the Rams. We also talked about the Giants and how that loss to the Browns was really significant to determine the path with which their season will take to get to the end. We have two weeks left in the season. The NFL has two weeks left in the season. And the Giants still could be a playoff team. So doesn't that also fit the description of of being a moral victory? I know you don't want to celebrate moral victories, Giants fans. I know, know you saw two Super Bowls. I've seen two Giants Super Bowls in my lifetime. So I get it. You're used to that. But let me remind you, you don't have Eli Manning as your quarterback anymore. Michael Strahan is no longer on your defensive line, you know, et cetera. Go down the list there. And then we got into a little bit of a debate. I thought it was going to be more, but a little bit of a debate of do you take the points or you don't take the points if you're Joe Judge? So obviously in quarter one, I think it was the opening drive. The Giants, after a nice kickoff return, went down the field, get into the red zone. Everybody thinks they're going to take the points. And, in fact, it was a fake. When we play Madden, my dad yells out, fake! I don't know. Uh, I know he's listening, so hi, Dad. Um, but, so, people were asking, why sacrifice the three points? I told you guys last week. I hate to be this person, but I told you guys last week. When you look at I think we can all agree that the Browns and the Giants, in terms of talent level, the Browns exceed the Giants in terms of talent level, right? I think, nod your head, I think we're all on the same page there. So my mentality going into that game was to be aggressive. That was my mentality. If if I were Joe Judge, I would have been aggressive. Your season is, is on the line, right? We wouldn't be talking about taking the points if they actually um, scored the touchdown. Would we or will we not? Come on, be honest. So the fact that they called a real crappy. I mean, what was that play call? First of all, the first time, they called the play, okay, Riley Dixon was looking to find a triple covered Nick Gates for a touchdown catch. Okay. First. Meanwhile, I, I, he just panicked. Riley Dixon just panicked, right? Because if you looked, I don't know, 8 yards to the right, you would see Graham Gano was wide open. Okay. So, I didn't mind it. I'm going to be honest with you. I did not mind the fact that the Giants went for it there because like I told you, this season was on the line, you know, in a higher stakes or higher pressure scenario than it is even this week in a way, in a weird way. You take the points because you just have to play the Browns that way. The Browns are explosive and it just didn't work. It was a gamble that just did not work for the Giants, and maybe the first time around I would not have done it, but definitely the second time around I was doing it. No matter what the you know, no matter what. So I don't mind the gutsy call because then guess what? Then you guys would have been calling up here and complaining, Joe Judge. He, he plays it safe. He sh- he should have done it like. What's a field goal going to do? So it's like Monday morning quarterbacking. I get it, everybody, right? Monday morning quarterbacking, everybody, everybody, it's hindsight is twenty twenty. So take the points, not take the points. I I would do it again. I would do it again if I were Joe Judge. Same thing. And then again, you get to the, the fourth quarter, and then I, – I mean, I get the whole thing. At halftime, the Giants – If the field goals would have been good, which Graham Gano, in my opinion, was the biggest Pro Bowl snub on the Giants, um, by the way, I think the score would have projected out to be, what, 13-9. to Okay, that's a different game, sure, at that point. But you make your halftime adjustments and you go from there. The problem is that Baker Mayfield had the game of his life. He was—and I told you, I I told you that even— Last weekend, I told you that even if the Giants were to to plug up the run, which I think they did a pretty good job in doing it, even if they did plug up the run, Baker Mayfield is hot. He was going to beat him with their, with his arm. I told you that. And, in fact, he he did. He had the game of his life, Baker Mayfield. He was uh, 20 – I don't want to give you too many numbers here. So he had a 84% completion percentage. 84% he was, Baker Mayfield. 308 total yards. Two touchdowns. Okay? In fact, Baker Mayfield was the highest-graded quarterback in all of Week 15. Yes, number one. Higher than number two, Deshaun Watson. Higher than number three, Tom Brady. Higher than number four, Josh Allen. So, I just wish that the Giants had a better game plan going in. So, I told you guys, I told you what my game plan would be. You know, I, I, I studied this. I never played football, but I study it. The Browns were so thin. So thin at cornerback on defense in particular. And also, their star safety wasn't playing. He, he played in every single snap up until that point. Why did the Giants settle for so many screen passes, so many checkdowns? You saw it. You saw the passes to Darius Slayton down the sideline. You saw the passes to Darius Slayton down the sideline. He was open. And McCoy hit him. And don't knock Colt McCoy, you guys. I told you, I did that statistical analysis, what, two or three weeks ago at this point now? There wasn't much of a drop-off between him and Daniel Jones. Okay, Colt McCoy doesn't turn the ball over as much as Daniel Jones does. I get it. And Daniel Jones, is the X-factor is, is the run game, right? He, he he has the potential to break off. You saw it before he tripped that, what, 80-yard run in, what was that, the, pits, uh, the uh, Philadelphia game, I believe it was? I forget. But Colt McCoy doesn't have that dimension. I get it. But he's a serviceable quarterback. He led the Giants to a victory versus the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle, you guys. This is the same Colt McCoy. So I just wish that the Giants going into this game um, just really... I mean, the strength of the defense of of the Browns is the defensive front. It's Miles Garrett, who, by the way, still is not at 100%, I don't think. I mean, he told you going into that game that he wasn't. He said it. He didn't look 100%. What do you have? Half a sack? Um, I had it somewhere. But the problem for the Giants... Is the turnovers as well. I mean. In their four game win streak. They had a plus eight turnover differential. In their two game losing streak. Minus three turnover differential. I mean. That's really all you need to know. Don't even count or factor in. Points off turnovers. Which I always tell myself. I'm going to keep track of that. When I'm watching the games. And I take my notes. Danielle keep track of points off turnovers. But it's like. It's it's too much. It's it's you get so caught up in the game, you get so caught up in the tweets, and you're like, oh wait, did they score off that turnover or not? And then to go back on the the, the you know the game cast, it's like hard. And then not to mention the fact that I think the Giants and the Jets are both on at one o'clock. It's just a lot. <laughs> and some of you guys were were teaching me how to hack hack the system here, so I could watch one game on the TV and one game on the computer. So I might need you guys uh, to slide into my DMs uh, one more time about that uh, because. Um, yeah, we've got a, a tweet from at Rudy Bear 2008. He said, hi, Daniel. I've had high expectations for the Giants every year. Ever, ever since the 7-8 season, anything can happen. Giant for life. And that's, um, that's, that's the idea here. Because once you get into the playoffs, it's a different animal. I'm not saying the Giants are going to win the Super Bowl. Please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the Giants might. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. But there's still a chance. And once you get in the dance, it's any given Sunday. Anything can happen. And if you're a Giant fan, you know that better than anybody. Me and my dad were at that game, that wild card game in um in Tampa Bay. The year that they went on to win the Super Bowl. I remember we were leaving Raymond James Stadium. My dad looked at me and he was like, well, they live another week. Little did we know that the Giants were going to end up winning the Super Bowl that season. I mean, it, that's just how it is. You know, anything can happen any given Sunday. So, um, Giants fans, I would not give up hope. But it's not; it's not looking good. And then one more time, we were had the permutations going on before, um, and we figured out that that GIF, by the way, is um, the guy from The Hangover when he's trying to count the cards. It, you know the GIF with all the equations flying around his head. Um, we figured out. Well, I told you that if the Washington football team wins and the Giants lose, stick a fork in the Giants; it's over. They the the Washington football team will wrap up the NFC East. And we're going to wrap up this show in a little bit. You guys want to get aboard 877-337-6666. I'm taking you all the way up till 6am to the Boomer and Geo show. I'm Danielle McCartan with you on the fan in New York city. Welcome back to McCartan after I guess we've shifted into McCartan in the morning. Now on this Christmas Eve, everybody Merry Christmas. For those of you guys that celebrate Christmas, I hope uh, Santa brings you everything that you're, you're hoping for. I, I was just, uh, I got a little bit distracted here. I was just, Terry Bradshaw is trending in the United States on, uh, on Twitter. So I was just, you know, I, you know, just checking to make sure he's okay. Sometimes, you know, when these names trend, you get a little nervous, but I can't really seem to figure out why he's trending in the entire United States. So if anybody has that answer, you go ahead and tweet me at coach McCartan. I a N. I've talked a lot about the jets, a lot about the giants, and again, it was our, our Knicks opened, our Nets opened, in the past, within the past two days, Nets fans, you're booking your hotels for the finals. I get it. And Knicks fans, well, you know, you're gonna, you'll find your pieces. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Lenny in Fort Lauderdale. Lenny, you're on the fan. And
21: yeah, what a nice surprise. All right, I? here you
1: are. Here I am. What's it was up, Saturday? Lenny?
21: For a second, that was great. <laughs> great. I wish I got up earlier.
1: <laughs> oh man. All right. Yeah,
21: man. Go the- I'll, I'll listen to the replay. Yeah, the replay. Sure. Yep, yep. Anyway, I watched our Knicks last night, and uh, they had a good first half, and then uh, everything fell apart. Wow, yeah. It, well, it, the,
1: the bigs got into foul trouble. That was the thing.
21: Yeah, and the poor, uh, the rookie uh, got hurt. Rookie yeah, Emmanuel guard. quickly, yeah. That's a bummer. It's, but, um, it's I, got, right. I, got, I got an opinion on James Harden. Oh, yeah. I'm sure all you right? do. This Everybody guy, Yeah, go ahead. I don't understand. You know, he's threatening. He doesn't want to play, blah, blah, blah. I think they, the Rockets and anybody, all these players, they should do what Al Davis once did to Marcus, Marcus Allen. Just sit him. He's got two years on his contract. Sit him. Don't play him. Ruin his career. That's what Al Davis tried to do to... Um, Marcus Allen, for some reason, on the Raiders. And then after his contract ran out, he went over to Kansas City and reestablished himself. But yeah, Martin doesn't deserve to be traded to where he wants to go. And uh, he's acting like a real jerk, and I don't know. Well, I'd like to see these players lose a little power. Just put them on the end of the bench. You don't want to play here? Don't
1: play at all. Yeah, but I don't even know if that—that's a, a deterrent. I, I think where it really hits him is in the wallet, Lenny. Uh, you know, to not play. Okay, fine. He's you know he'll be a distraction on the bench, or he, or he won't show, and and then what happens? You know what I'm saying?
21: Yeah, so, but he he'll lose his whatever his next contract. You know, the guy's in, uh, in a win-win situation, so really make it uncomfortable for guy. I'd like to see that happen. I really would.
1: Yeah, and, and Lenny, yeah. thanks for the call. Um, the I, pro- the problem is, oh, sorry about that. But the problem is that. Um, James Harden is I mean once he gets back into shape is one of the premier players in the league I mean that's it is what it is so if he's not going to be playing for the Houston Rockets he's going to be playing for another team somewhere else so unless it comes down as a uh, uh, you know from the league you know a suspension or something like that it's just you know it's it's and then my, my, someone else, one of the callers, brought up the fact that, you know, the Rockets game was postponed, uh, I guess, earlier or yesterday. The Rockets game was postponed. Why do you think that? I don't know. There's COVID going around the team. Well, maybe where do you think it could have come from? James Harden? Potentially? Yeah? Back to the phones, 877-337-6666. Get aboard, everybody. Let's go to Maury in Belmore. Maury, you're on the fan.
22: Good morning, Coach. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
22: I'm great. I, you know, I uh, real quick on Bradshaw, I think they announced his net worth. I think he signed a new agreement with that. Uh, I guess he's got a show with his family oh, the, okay, uh, okay. on E. So I think his net worth is a couple hundred million. and People can't believe uh, <laughs> a guy from, you know, wherever. I think he grew up in somewhere in uh, Louisiana could... Be worth all this money, but God bless him. He's great. 107 wins, 51 losses. That's pretty good, huh? Yeah.
1: yeah. All right, good. So uh, at least he's okay. Thanks Thanks for clarifying that. Yeah, right. He's Thank all you.
22: good. So uh, in regards to the Giants, I mean, Joe Judge, when we first hired him, I wasn't sure what we got, you know, a, a special teams coach, but I feel really good about the hire. I think you the should. future is bright for this team. Yes. I'm a Giants fan since I'm a baby. And the truth is, you know, I, I don't think this is going to be an overnight fix. I do believe that. I'm not 100% in with Gettleman. I'm hoping they might make a change. He's made some good picks recently, but you know, you can't think you're smarter than everyone else every year. And that's what I put down. That's one thing I don't like about Gettleman, the hog mollies and all the good things that he says. But he's not pulling these incredible tricks or moves. You know, He does the best he can. All right, Maury, let me stop you. Let to... me stop
1: you right there. Do you like how Go the defense it. is playing?
22: 100%. Okay. Think This is what I think about when I think of the Giants of old, right?
1: Yeah, yes. The Lawrence Taylor, right. But think about all the the guys that that were brought in.
22: Oh, yes, you're right. Yes, yes. Yeah. Logan Ryan,
1: James Bradbury. These are all this off-season's additions. These are all Gettleman slash Judge guys. Now, I'm not in the room. I don't know how much of a say Gettleman had versus how much of a say Judge had. I don't know if it was a collaborative effort. But, I mean— I think the guy has earned his keep here. I, you know, there was there have been some bad things, but not every GM hits. I mean, Brian Cashman, who's right, one of the most well regarded GMs. Yeah. he he didn't hit on every single thing. Look at John Carlos Stanton contract; it's handcuffed him now. So I don't know no, if you can a you can run Dave Getman out, out of town. To be honest with you, because and by the way, who 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 is the best kicker in I guess either the NFL or just the NFC? Who is it?
22: My man from the Giants. Right. Uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you, know, you listen. and, and
1: I, 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 signed yeah. him. You know,
2: I was. You know, this I season. was all
22: in at getting rid of him, and and you know, not nothing. In the beginning of this year, I was all in and getting rid of him. But I think you're right. I think what he's done, he's earned another year here for sure. Yes. And uh, you've convinced me. Damn it, you convinced I'm, me. I'm good
1: at this, Maury. I'm good at this, man. <laughs> Merry Christmas. A Merry Christmas to you too. Take care. So. Yes, I'm in the business of convincing. I'm not a Dave Gediman apologist by any means. But when you look at the track record, when you look at the facts, you guys, the signings that he has made in conjunction with Joe Judge, I can't wait to see what this draft would look like if I'm a Giant fan. The Joe Judge-Dave in connection. I think he's earned his keep. Let's now go to a Radio.com Sports Minute with Amy Lawrence on the New York Jets.
2: Daniel McCartan, Sports Radio 1019 and Sports
1: Radio 66, WFAN. Hello everybody, good morning, welcome back to McCartan in the morning. Now at this point in time, I'm Daniel McCartan, uh, taking you right up until 5.59, until the Boomer and Geo show starts promptly at 6 a.m., Uh, This is your last chance to get aboard. if you wanted to um, get anything off your chest. We were just having a conversation about Dave Gettleman and how, in my opinion, he has earned his keep um, to return for the Giants. I I would put it at at least two more years. I would be excited if I were a Giant fan based on the signings that he and um, Joe Judge have made in this offseason to improve this defense. Blake Martinez, I forgot to mention before. So I would be interested to see what kind of – draft they can put together the two of them combined because and just the final point here is it's Graham Gonneau is extended through the year 2023 to be the Giants kicker kicker and I know you don't want to all the way believe it you guys believe me neither do I but I think Dave Gettleman has earned it not to mention the fact that again I'll say that Graham Gonneau was the biggest snub of them all to not make the Pro Bowl okay last chance to get aboard 877 337 Tom in Bayonne Tom you're on the fan Hey, Danielle.
23: How are you? Happy holidays. You too. How are you? I'm good. Um, I just disagree a little bit about Gettleman. Um, he's had so much draft capital. Um, two, four, six, and 34 overall influx into the offense. We're still ranked 31st. Um, what, was it three years into it now? You look back when he had that second overall pick with Saquon, the, the Colts, the Browns, the Dolphins, they were all in very similar positions to the Giants. Look at where they are. Look at where we are. I mean no
1: I disagree though much- but I disagree though because at that time at that moment in time the Giants were still going for it with Eli Manning as their quarterback. They weren't taking a quarterback at that point. They were still trying to make something out of it with Eli Manning. That's why they took the running back. That's why. So yeah, you can't you can't compare him against the Browns. I mean, who was the Browns quarterback that year? Who knows?
11: Uh yeah, but I
23: I mean, you you look at the draft capital that he I mean, the trade up for DeAndre Baker obviously That that was a mistake. He went. Okay, so he was supposed. So he was
1: supposed to be able to find out that DeAndre Baker was going to get into legal trouble out out, off the field.
23: Come on. No, no, but I don't understand why he's getting the benefit of the doubt that these defensive signings were him and not a mixture of Judge and Patrick Graham's genius. Were you just listening? Were you just
1: listening to what I just said?
23: Listen, the Giants are five and nine. I don't understand how the standard is lowered so much as a New York Giants fan that this man deserves two more years. Two more years. Look at his record since he's been here. The guy is not good. He's like, a
2: 1980 like, like, style ha, how, All right,
23: fight.
1: Tom. Here's a question for you. You like your defense? Yes or no. Um. Yes or no. For the most part. Oh, so for that's the a most yes. Part. So that's a yes. Okay. You for like your head, you, like, you, you like your head coach? Love the head coach. Okay. So who do you think hired the head coach or had a say in hiring the head coach?
23: You Come on. Do you think that Dave Gettleman has a final say as to not, who the head? Coach I didn't is? say
1: final. I said who do you think has a say in hiring that head coach? I'm not saying that every single okay. move Okay. See, you see now you're not answering my questions how here, Tom. He to Tom, you're not answering my question here. Do you think Dave Gettleman had a, had a say in signing the head coach who you just told me you loved? Possibly. Come on, Tom. Come on, Tom. The answer is yes. You think the Giants are going to hire a head coach without the GM signing off on it? You really think that? Oh, uh,
23: uh, but yes I'm, or no, I'm looking at the- Tom? Yes or no? Well, Yes, that's one that's one point Danielle with okay. all due respect okay and and
1: the defense and your kicker okay the kicker yeah the, the best kicker in the in the league
23: yeah the kicker the Giants are five and nine you see his record since he's gotten here yeah and i know he's other, but there's
1: America. okay yeah there's other there's other factors that that are involved in that you like Darius Slayton as your as a wide receiver
23: he's a he's a fifth round pick he's he's a great value pick in the exactly and who do you think he's found who do you think
1: one. found him there Tom? Okay. Ever, ever. Uh, 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 yeah, I know. Dave Gettleman. Dave Gettleman found him there. That's what it was. Now this this pick. Uh, uh, and Tom, thanks for the call. I appreciate you picking up the phone. But I I'm telling you, I think everybody. It's unanimous among all Giants fans that you love the head coach. Okay, you love him. Do you really think that that was picked in a vacuum? No, obviously not. <laughs> so listen, there there are flaws on this Giants roster okay uh how about uh, James Bradbury Pro Bowl cornerback right they don't really have anybody to play alongside him you know what I'm saying there's a hole there so I don't you don't you don't hit on every single pick on every single free agent you just don't that's the nature of the game uh, how about the Leonard Williams thing everybody was killing him including me everybody was killing Dave gunniman for Leonard Williams oh yeah Leonard Williams is in the top I looked at it before. I think the top nine in sacks in the league. Okay, so there's other things, other factors that, that factor into this Giants being f- five and nine. Start with uh, the fact that Evan Ingram dropped the pass to seal, basically seal the deal versus a win versus uh, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. The Giants were in every single one of those games except for the 49ers game. The Bears, it took them right, the last play of the game of the Bears game. So this, this could be different. I know it's not different, but it could be. So the Giants are not that far off. Not to mention, they're playing without that superstar running back. And I had on, um, who was saying it? Uh, uh, David Deal. David Deal I had on. And he was like, or even was it Lawrence Tynes? I forget. It was one or both of them even. They were like, yeah, what could Saquon Barkley do with this line in front of him? Now it's finally gelled. They finally have gotten rotation going andrew thomas has figured it out finally right what could saquon barkley have done we have to wait until next year to see it but i at that point bought into the fact that eli manning was going to be the quarterback you know thinking back eli manning was the quarterback saquon barkley was the running back and and i bought into that that the giants were going to make a push did it end up happening no the defense was terrible I did, a, I did a statistical analysis that year that if the Giants had, like, the Bears' mediocre defense, they would have been a playoff team that year. So what did they do? They went out and improved the defense. Now it's just a little bit of tinkering. And then you got to figure out Daniel Jones. So that's what I'm trying to tell you. For those reasons, I believe that he, he's here to stay. So thanks to all the callers, you guys. I could not have done this without you guys. Obviously, special thank you again to Michael Grady, Brooklyn Nets courtside reporter, for joining us. That was at 440 in case you were wondering. Uh, just rewind to 2 a.m. while you're at it. So th- great job to Emmanuel behind the glass, Bob and Brad on the updates.